0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. I am a Chicago-based author, entrepreneur, freelancer, some other things. More importantly, I am a white girl who is continuously mortified at, at my lack of activity historically in the space of social justice. As we talked about in the last episode, you know, I, going forward, want to focus on elevating more Black voices. I've completely neglected to do this in the past, and I am struggling to reconcile that period. And beyond that, I I have trouble reconciling that I considered a topic like Black Lives Matter to not be in the in my lane, in the pop culture realm, um, because I, you know, try to avoid more serious current events. But like we discussed, like this isn't political, this isn't controversial. It's a matter of humanity. And if I have for a second made, especially my black listeners unclear on where I stand in terms of wholeheartedly, unequivocally, n- not only thinking your life matters, God, that's the bare fucking minimum. Of course it does. Uh, the, it should be celebrated and elevated and it should be a focal point on my platform. And I will never, ever, ever be able to tell you I'm sorry enough. And I will never, ever accept anybody telling me it's okay. And I don't need anybody to ever thank me for any of this. Like I just am like, I, I can't, I'm just lying awake at night, confused, mortified. And like, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Anyway. Um, if you didn't, I kind of explained some of this on the last episode. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, it's called A Stream of Social Consciousness. But now I want to just hit the ground running. And what I hope to do going forward is to share more Black creators, to share the ongoing education I've been participating in, to share the way I've always framed racial discussions in my personal life, and to make it crystal clear about the social issues I care about personally that I've thus far, neglected to incorporate into my public-facing content. It's, um, it's you know, every day I have different reflections and different thoughts. And last week, I wanted to first and foremost make sure I was clear on where I stood and to share my thoughts in my own words. I think it's so important that in addition to sharing quotes and commentary and educational resources by Black creators, we absorb that, digest it, synthesize and paraphrase, and combine all of these learnings into our own words, into our own communication, into our day-to-day lives. And I'll continue to do that and I hope you will too. And I also am excited because I have a whole roster of Black-owned businesses that I will be giving ad space to that's in my Instagram highlights. If you have a company you want to nominate, it's just a Google form you fill out so I can be sure that I make my way through them in the coming weeks and months. And above all else, I hope, um, you know, those of us who weren't doing nearly enough before have realized that the danger of saying the wrong thing pales in comparison to saying nothing, to quote Meghan Markle, the only wrong thing to say is nothing. And while I don't condone any of the dismissive positivity that wants to tie 2020 up in a bow, um, I think the one thing that's become very clear in 2020 is that silence is deafening, that I hope this level of activity and sharing is is sustained, and to quote TikTok, I I hope that the volume inside this bus is astronomical. I don't even know what that's from, but I I just hear it all the time. And it plays in my head kind of like interior crocodile alligator. I drive a Chevrolet movie theater. Glad Chip the Rapper's moment is sustained, too. Um, TikTok, is it's infiltrated my brain in ways I'll never be able to fully articulate. And um, I hope everybody has been continuing to engage in these discussions in their personal life and continues to read. I can't bring myself I, like if listening and learning <laughs> to quote my friend, Lindsay Rush, it's like a live, laugh, love of like, OK, what do you let's talk about? what We're actually listening to and learning instead of just saying listening and learning. Um, but, you know, again, this is this is a thing and this is something you'll hear throughout this episode. We there are moments where we're serious moments of levity or about certain components of social media's response, not because the topic is funny, but because the stark difference of the social media climate right now relative to these events that have been happening forever is fascinating. And, you know, it's interesting. Look uh, from the outside, looking at social media's response, what a stark difference this is to previous Black Lives Matter efforts, um, how you know, things quickly become not what it's about, how things quickly become borderline cliche in a short period of time, but all the same, how what's so much more important than saying something wrong or cliche or not, you know, slightly missing the point is to say nothing. So there's really no point in, you know, criticizing to a degree. But I also think that in this podcast, it's never been about perfection. I've always tried to specify it's not that I'm on my high horse or I do this right. But that the the what's so interesting about social media is we're the biggest critics and the most active participants. And I certainly fall in this camp and I have so much improvement to do. And I'm just kind of trying to be more of a human and less of an influencer and naturally speak to what I'm caring and thinking about that day than making content calendars and the like. But everyone has a different approach and everybody's entitled to. And I think in this episode, we wanted to just have a conversation about it as friends and record it. And, you know, assuming that you're having some of these conversations in your day-to-day life because the social media climate right now is different in, in all the right ways. And I'm so incredibly grateful for Jesse Bernhardt, who is on the podcast episode today, discussing influence in the time of social injustice with me. Um, the nexus of this episode was Jesse left a comment in the Facebook group. Um, and there's a consolidated thread of resources, uh, in education to aid in discussions about race and anti-racist communication and ongoing learning about systemic racism. And she commented something that just really stuck with me. And when I went to follow up with her, I asked if she wouldn't mind if we recorded the conversation at some point to get her input on this influence in the time of social injustice and who, from what I gleaned from the Facebook comment, that believes that influencers have as much impact and can move the needle as much as I do. I'll actually read you the comment because I think it sets the stage for what this discussion is about, but yeah, it was so cool to have somebody I respect so much professionally who I've known virtually for a couple of years because we talked on a consulting call in 2018, I think, and I've followed her and her career ever since. And what was a, such a pleasure too, is that we talked in person, you know, albeit apart across from each other at a table and we still social distanced and didn't, you know, like hug or anything, (laughs) Uh, which is weird greeting people now. I hate when people say I'm a hugger because it's like, well, I don't care if you're a hugger. What if I'm not one? It's not a justification to touch somebody, but I I kind of am a hugger. And this has been an adjustment period. But anyway, not the point. She absolutely did not owe me her time or energy, uh, but she was willing to have this conversation now. And I wanted to Just hit the ground running and um, she is absolutely amazing. And part of, I guess I actually want to read you her comment because I think it's um, important to highlight. So on that thread of resources, she said, these are all great resources. And I want to bring up something that I think this group particularly will understand. One of the things I found to be pretty shitty during this time is the silence of a lot of influencers. In the past 24 hours, some have finally posted, which don't get me wrong, is 100% better late than never. But the ones who have not commented infuriate me. While I'm acutely aware that a post on social media will not fix hundreds of years of racism, influencers can do just that, influence people to get involved and take action. And as a black woman, it makes me feel less alone. The silence makes me 100% question where you stand, and that hurts in ways I can't even begin to explain. I think it's important to figure out where you have influence, pun intended, and make sure you're doing everything you can in those spaces to lift lift up people of color, especially as a white person. The influencer industry, like most, is dominated by mostly white people, specifically white women which is a direct result of systemic racism. I think white influencers need to take action and do their part to create more opportunities for people of color in this space, especially the bigger names. There are a lot of ways to do this. They can work with more creatives of color. For example, photographers, they can demand that companies include a certain percentage of people of color in campaigns they agree to. They can share content from other influencers of color to their followers. They can mentor influencers of color and help them grow. They can demand that influencers of color are paid equally. They can form some sort of coalition to do all of these things because there is power in numbers. Again, maybe the influencer world seems trivial in light of what's going on right now. But the reality is it's just another example of people of color, black people especially, not having a seat at the table and not being afforded the opportunities financially and otherwise, as others because of systemic racism. And while I focus on influencers here, this goes for most industries. I hope when you walk into virtually right now a meeting at your workplace, you force yourself to look around and take note of how many people of color are in the room. Chances are you, can't ca- you can count them on one hand, and that should disturb you. Ask yourself how you can make a difference and help lift up people of color in your own life and give them a seat at the table. At the most progressive companies I've worked at, I've walked into rooms of 100 people and been the only black person. Just take a second to imagine that the other way around. Anyway, all this to say, please don't let these influencers off the hook and let them stay silent. I'm not saying to attack people, please don't, but to hold them accountable and send the message of telling them you're disappointed. We must stop this madness. And this was uh, this is something that I thought was obviously incredibly helpful, actionable, and insightful. But also her caveating, like I know influencers, like in the grand scheme of things, can be trivial. And uh, you guys know how much on this podcast I'm always lobbying for how much influencers matter, how much they impact our day to day, and how more so than any other public figure, I think they infiltrate our thoughts and hearts and minds and need to be held accountable and and be responsible. And I know Jessie gets this not only from her career background, which we'll talk about, but also as a public figure herself. And I love nothing more than getting to sit down with somebody who takes influencers as seriously as I do. She's truly incredible, so smart, so delightful, so much fun. I could talk to her for hours. I did talk to her for hours on the phone the day before and during this recording. And, um, Jesse, I just can't thank you enough for coming on this episode. I hope you all like it. I want to shout out our two advertisers first, and then we'll get into the episode and I'll just interrupt a couple times to shout out some of our, uh, black owned businesses that, from the survey that I collected. And yeah, love you guys tons. Enjoy the episode. I'm excited because our first sponsor this week, is not only sponsoring this episode, but also... Inadvertently became the official sponsor of my time during quarantine. I cannot emphasize enough how HelloFresh became kind of the only thing I looked forward to, and I think that was the case for so many of you. Uh, obviously, the perk of delivery and fresh ingredients and portion ingredients without waste in a time when we, you know, grocery shopping was incredibly difficult. I I, I can't sing HelloFresh's uh, praises enough. If you're unfamiliar, It's a subscription meal service with fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. It's America's number one meal kit, and my heart as well. And it lets you skip those trips to the grocery store, making cooking fun and easy and beyond that affordable. It's, um, I don't know, just a great way to save time and stress. It helps you eat more sustainably. It's flexible, and you can pause weeks, pick your meals. There's so many different cuisine types to choose from. And what I love, especially during this time, is they're committed to giving back. They donated over two and a half million meals to charity in 2019 and is stepping up their food donations amidst or did step up their uh, food donations amidst the coronavirus crisis. Anyway, I just can't I can't emphasize enough. Courtney, too, like so many people have gotten on the HelloFresh train, if you will. And we all just talked about how it was kind of the only thing we were looking forward to when we were stuck in our houses. And I feel, I don't know, it's like I, I could make a chutney or a jam with my eyes closed at this point. And for that, I'm grateful. Or like a, I talked about this one, a lime crema. Squeeze lime and sour cream, put a little water in it, stir it. What? How did I not know to be doing that on tacos this whole time? Anyway, guys, I hope you will give HelloFresh a try if you have not already. And listeners of Be There in 5 can get... $60 off your first 3 weeks including free shipping on your first box. Please go to hellofresh.com/be there in 5 how the show is spelled 60 and use code be there in 560 to get $60 off your first 3 weeks including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply and please visit visit hellofresh.com for more details. Again, hellofresh.com/be there in 560 and use code be there in 560 and please 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 listen to this. F-I-V-E is how the show is spelled. Be there in F-I-V-E and then the number 60, six zero. So five spelled like the word six zero, the number, be there in five 60. I'll also post this on Instagram in case that's confusing. Um, thank you so much to HelloFresh. And my God, what a lineup today. Another one of my absolute favorites, truly, um, that I've been working with for a while now is Liquid IV. They are an easy, healthy solution for a something that plagues me as I talk constantly and never drink enough water. They're a solution for dehydration. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. Each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water, plus vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, B12, B there in five. I mean, we've really got all the Bs here. Um, And if you're dehydrated, try liquid IV. It really is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. And I like, I don't know, I talk so much. I was honestly having this problem where I just, I don't know, I, I don't like to drink that much water and have to get up all the time, but I still need to be hydrated. And liquid IV has truly been a lifesaver and it has more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana, which I kind of loved that fun fact too. And as I talked about previously, I love the social responsibility of an advertiser I work with and liquid IV is donating 2.3 million servings in response to COVID-19 products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, active military veterans. I am so happy to be contributing to a company that is focused on not only giving back, but on hydrating some of our people on the front lines who who need it most. And I think like a thing I forget too, is it's not just like, oh, I'm thirsty, but dehydration is kind of linked to like headaches and dizziness and brain fog and muscle cramps, dry skin, that the whole song and dance. And um, I'm incredibly grateful to have discovered this product. So if you want to try Liquid IV, well, A, it's avail- available nationwide at Whole Foods, Target, Costco or you can get 25% off which is i mean 25% damn uh, when you go to liquidiv.com and use code be there 5 at checkout how the show is spelled f i v e l i q u i d i v.com use code be there 5 at checkout that's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code be there 5 at liquidiv.com get better hydration today again liquidiv.com promo code be there 5 and also find them nationwide at Target, Costco, Whole Foods, just to be clear. Okay. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Love you the most. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in 5 podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. So to kind of give you a little bit of background, kind of on the tails of me discussing exhaustively influence in the time of COVID-19, we're in another really interesting, important, eye-opening time that's relevant to influencers and consumers alike and kind of how COVID-19, I thought it was so interesting because it affects absolutely everybody, but not everybody responds the same. Social injustice very much affects all of us or should affect all of us, but not everybody res- re- responds the same. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because as I mentioned last ju- last week, my fear was um, returning back to normal with normal being people like me with platforms, not stepping up, not continuing the conversation and not treating this just like any other situation. And, um, yeah, I just thought let's like, just have a conversation, get comfortable, talk as friends, as peers, as, as a listener, even, which I'm so lucky to have you here. And, um, it's just, yeah, an honor for me to have, um, incredible women associated with the podcast, much less that are willing to come on here and give me their time. She's a co-owner of a digital marketing agency. She's a social media consultant and has a really interesting background in tech and hospitality and entrepreneurship, among other things that we'll get into. And I met her two years ago on a consulting call, and I'll stop talking now, but I um, couldn't build (laughs) her up enough. And please join me in welcoming to the podcast, Jessie Bernhardt.
1: Thank you. That is the... kindest introduction I've ever had. Oh my God. No, I just (laughs) maybe only actually because I've never done a podcast. (laughs) Have you never done a podcast?
0: Um, it's funny because I really do feel like it's so much different, you know, when I can have people on that, get what I talk about or who I am or how I speak about things. And that I just am like grateful for you to give me your time period, but also knowing like your background, you have so much expertise in like marketing and social media and like all the things I talk about that I don't really like have expertise on. I'm like an expert in the field of life, like as a consumer, but you professionally consult with people. Yes.
1: I also, I I always say like to, to any, you know, client or potential client, I'm like anyone that tells you that they're an expert in social media, like call them on their bullshit immediately because like social media changes every like three to six months. So like You do your best to keep up and and make sure you're ahead of game and like read all the blogs and do everything you can. And yeah, you can develop enough of an expertise where, you know, if you understand marketing and branding, um, you know, basics, um, then you can like develop things from there. But at the same time, like social media is so complicated, especially Instagram, you know, and and how much they change, so right expert i don't know not to be like super (laughs) humble you know i'm not trying to i'm so (laughs) humble i don't know about an expert but i'm pretty amazing No.
0: well would you Um, mind giving a little bit more info on your career background just because i glossed (laughs) over it so highly and i think it's interesting
1: yeah absolutely so um it's funny you said listening to the podcast because i have been listening for years and it's funny funny and also incredible and so cool to have seen you like go from what you were two years ago how long has it been I don't know because it was like, like two and a half years I think yeah. like right when I moved to Chicago which was like November 2017 20, 2017 I think yeah. yeah yeah November 27 it was somewhere sometime like right around then when you started I think so I like yeah. I, but it's funny because like I think right like when you like really started take off and like I tell people about it and then they like, post about it. I'm like, I told you about this. Yeah, like, I'm like very, it. I have like very personal ownership over it. <laughs> and I'm like, I see where people like do this to celebrities and like feel like very <laughs> strongly. I'm like, this is my friend. I like, <laughs> no. like, Didn't know Kate then. But I love um, that. anyway, yes, a long time listener. Um, but I, I also. Relating that back, I think that I've related to your story because. And I mean, this in the kindest way you've kind of been like all over the place. And like, you're like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I've like loved that. Um, and I think, I, I I guess going back, I never know where to start. I think that's the other thing. Like sometimes you talk to people and they have these like very like LinkedIn appropriate career trajectories and you're like, cool, got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm a CPA and I worked at Deloitte and then I worked here. It's like, cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was there for five years and they're like, okay, got it. Um, and I don't, um, my parents owned, uh, own a, um, restaurant nightclub. And so I was working for them after I I went to Loyola, Chicago, and then moved back to DC in, um, 2010. Um, and then I was working for them for a year or so. Um, I, I worked for them through high school too. I don't know if anyone has entrepreneur parents, but like, it's like, Child labor. Like yeah, right. you, you don't get there's no getting out of it. There's no pay. There's no, yeah, <laughs> you work for them. Um but I worked for them and I was I was managing their place. Um and I very randomly, um Bar Rescue, which is the Spike TV show, was um filming an episode in Silver Spring, Maryland. My par- I was in DC. My parents are from DC. Um, and reached out, they needed a hospitality consultant, um, for one of their episodes. So I ended up like doing an episode with them and then ended up doing, um, a handful of episodes over three more seasons with them, but then also like did some hospitality consulting, moved to New York. Um, I had just like always wanted to live in New York and just kind of on a whim was like, I I'm moving. Like, I yeah. don't know. It was <laughs> made no sense. And like looking back, I'm like, Oh my God, you're crazy. But it was the best ever. Um, and So I did hospitality consulting for a while. Um, I was also cocktail waitressing during that time. (laughs) New York's expensive. It was not just, you know. And um, Then was like, I got to get out of hospitality. It's too crazy in restaurants. um, And ended up getting, I don't even know, like it was a friend of a friend, had like a tech sales job. I worked at ZocDoc. Then from there I went and I did sales for them. And then I worked at um, a small company, that and I was a content marketing manager um and did like their content and then after that I went back into sales tech sales I was at open table for two years and then after that during that time somewhere in there I started my own swimwear company (laughs) I love it (laughs) (laughs) with my sister and my husband um and then um moved to Chicago got my real estate license did some real estate worked for, uh, they, basically, I, I was pregnant during that time. <laughs> um, and then after that, after I was pregnant, I was just like, I can't build a business from the ground up because daycare is $40,000 a month. Like I need some, some income, like yeah. right now, you know, it, it was more like, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense to be paying for daycare and have like no income myself. Um, and then, um, I, the, the, every girl media group, um, had launched the every mom, um, the year before and they were looking for a social media editor and so I'd you know done content marketing and launched my own blog and done my own company stuff and so um it's funny because like when I applied for that job I didn't even really think that like I was like I don't even know if my resume like makes any damn sense for this job but like I like included everything I thought was relevant and I think that I try and also tell people like sometimes you have to like rearrange for your skills not just like Your jobs, you know, like what what actually makes sense. And I actually recorded a video because I know at some point they had said, like, oh, we're interested in doing more video. And so I recorded a video of myself because I was like, I can be on video. Like, (laughs) I'm
0: (laughs) like, you're uh, applying for the bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: Right. So anyway, um, got the job like within a week and worked for them for uh, most of last year. And then just like wanted more flexibility in my schedule pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, decided that like I should, uh, again, I've always just kind of had entrepreneurial spirit and decided to start my own thing and um i'm like am i done yet jesus
0: i honestly i wouldn't even be halfway through i get it i'm, I'm like, right, loving like this. and then and then i'm like i don't know you know i never know how to like
1: do this briefly like you
0: and i don't want you to i think it's so important to share these the jungle gym the, yeah totally the pivots because there's not a lot of people i'm with you and like i don't um uh I'm I've just I'm just over being embarrassed. I don't have any shame totally. in trying. I'll do yeah. anything because if the outcome is like me being successful and enjoying life, like how is that ever going to be a totally. waste of time? But a lot and of people are super something. stuck yeah. and feel yeah. very um tied to like tethered to a more linear system and I think stories like this are really important to yeah. just show like, totally. like- <laughs> reinvent yourself constantly. Absolutely.
1: But anyway, I left and kind of started doing like social media consulting on my own um and Uh, then met, met actually through Instagram, which is so funny. I'm like, we're so like such millennials, but my friend Jen, who is just kind of like a, she, she left her corporate job like the year before. And I like reached out to her and we ended up becoming like freelance work wives. We kind of just like worked parallel for a while. And then, um, her like old mentor from her, a job like years ago, reached out to her and they, she's also free, you know, I'd left her corporate job and was freelancing and um they talked about starting like a marketing agency together um and then needed like a digital partner as well and so like it just kind of all came together and we launched um in february and knock on wood um it's actually been going pretty well all things considered like That's shockingly amazing. well we like you know it was like right i think we were planning on launching like march which i think we did somewhere like march 23rd or something which is that's like that's a literal death wish totally it was <laughs> like oh great great timing on this
0: <laughs> oh my god i'm anyway. so glad to hear that it's been going yes well.
1: thank god it was like knock again knock on wood i'm like gonna jinx myself but um it's been like <gasps> every time we get a client we're like oh my god oh my god okay right. okay like and also like it's kind of you know a little bit hopeful it's like okay well if it's going this well now then like we're on the right path that's the right idea If, if
0: you can launch successfully in the least hospitable of environments, you're fine. And I think (laughs) it goes to show that like there's, um, you can, when marketing budgets go strategy becomes all the more important. Mm -hmm. So even there's a trade off there of like, if you can pay other people to more smartly execute your marketing plan, it's well worth the money. Cause I feel like now, I mean, I just feel like in the social media space, people have no clue what's going on. Right, right. (laughs) No clue. And yeah, it's definitely relevant to our convo today. And there's like kind of two things I wanted to talk about on this episode in terms of like, okay, we're in this time of what I argue is a broader awakening of social injustice that's long overdue. And there's a role of influencers in terms of social responsibility with a person with a platform. And then there's the role of like an individual and like the influence you have on like your day to day life. And Mm -hmm. I think these are two things that are equally as important to address with COVID. It was more so like bloggers and um, influencers in terms of like, how are you sharing information? Are you complying with like. CDC rules like right. my argument was almost like even if you're going to break the rules don't tell don't people it, right <laughs> like I, I wasn't even at that point arguing for ethics I was <laughs> arguing for common sense, common sense all totally, I need from totally. you and this is you know following Amy Cooper the death of George Floyd obviously we have Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and this has been a year of extremely sad cases but so- something in the past two weeks has resulted in way more engagement, awareness, participation. It's like, I'm excited to have everybody like talking about it and on board, but we're all also being like acting like we didn't know systemic racism was like a thing. And it's obviously been going on for hundreds of years. And like, I have a lot of issues. I'm wrestling with this with myself, but, um, I just think it's an interesting thing to talk about in terms of like, have you, from your perspective, have you kind of been like, what the fuck? Like, why is nobody talking about these stories like step up to the plate?
1: <laughs> um, I think, well, I guess before we dive in anymore, I should also just. I want to point out two things, one, like. Um, anything I'm saying here, most of it, I guess, unless I'm like quoting a fact or something, is like very much my opinion, I think one of the things that I've seen um, done poorly in, in so many different ways is people using the voice of one black person to speak for, you know, the whole race, which is outrageous. Um, and, and should not, should not be the case. Um, so like, this is very much my opinion and, and not only that, but I think myself, I come from a lot of privilege and I'm very, very, very acutely aware of that. Like I'm, I'm I grew up, you know, my parents were well off and I went to a private Catholic school in Bethesda, Maryland. Like I'm, I'm well aware. And so when I speak about these issues, again, it's like from my perspective and I'd like to think that, um, from what I've learned in the last week, I know more than I think a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? And I've lived a lot of it. Like that's the whole thing. It's like, just because you come from, you know, a a well-off background does not mean that racism doesn't right like affect you. And that's kind of, I mean, it's one of the biggest issues, right? Like it doesn't matter. It's literally color of your skin. Um, so just putting that out there. Um, also if I make jokes about it not like jokes, you know, obviously these are heavy topics. I have so much respect for the situation. It's not a joke. I'm just like, this is a conversation, (laughs) you know, we're having. And so like, if I'm talking about memes or referencing memes. I'm just like, it's just kind of like processing all of it. So I, I'm not taking any of this lightly. Um, I, I'm not making a joke, but like I am going to reference some memes that I think are like interesting and funny in the whole situation. Um, I'll continue. No, <laughs> no. That's no. my disclaimer. <laughs> uh,
0: by all means. Um,
1: <laughs> so I think that one of the things that's interesting is like I, I saw a meme. I I also like, I feel so old right now, but I'm like, what is the meme exactly? Like, I don't know if it's like a tweet or whatever, you know what I mean? Like when I call like anything I see on social, Wait, like text. a meme. I, I Something think Yeah. with text. text right? yeah, my... <laughs> you guys, I'm not even 30 yet, okay? <laughs> You're not? No,
0: I'm
1: not 30. Damn. Um, turning 29.
0: Yeah, well, I, I assume anybody with a kid is in their 30s, I know, like I know. My... <laughs> it's just like, because we live in like a large metropolitan yeah,
1: yeah. area. Like, totally. <laughs> um. So I... I saw a meme and it was like, it took like a global pandemic. Everyone's sitting inside with absolutely nothing to do. No sports. No, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like all these things like to finally acknowledge it. And it was, I I guess like maybe that's part of it. It's like, no one's traveling. No one has any like other, like no one like missed this news because they were on a work trip and this not, which like it's here. It's the only thing that you can really focus on. So it's just kind of like, Front and center, and maybe that's like what needed to happen for this yeah. to all like come to light. Um, I I don't know, and I guess yeah, from a personal perspective, there's also I think the New Yorker magazine, the New mm-hmm. Yorker, um had a really funny cartoon yesterday that was like a, a black mom and daughter sitting at the table. I think they were like making Black Lives Matter signs, and it was like her phone buzzing out of control and. She's like talking to her mom and saying, Don't worry, it's just all my white friends that just found out Checking racism. Checking in. Checking in to make sure, like, to see, it's like, cause they just found out racism existed. And it's like, you see the humor there. It's kind of like, yeah, like, and, and it, it's interesting to me because it's like, by no means, like, thank God it finally, like, the awakening is finally happening, you know, knock on wood. We hope so. Right. And we hope that this isn't just a thing, but, but it is sometimes kind of like, where the Where the fuck have you guys been it's not you know? <laughs> and, like, I don't and it's funny because, like I say that. And I'm like, I'm not as a you know an attack to anyone, but it's just like of course, I, and and it, to me, I, I look at some of the cases and I'm like, these have all been awful, awful, yes, it, it was they're most of them are just equally disgusting. Yeah. And I just like I don't really know, and i I think it it's got to be the fact that like everyone has nothing to do, so they have to pay attention finally. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is strange to look back because like, yeah, like I've been having these conversations with my friends and I think that most black people would tell you that, you know, like most, like I don't, and their family and this not, and like these don't just roll off my back and I'm not accusing people of that either, but it's just like, uh, it's, it's a strange, it's strange. Not that I even expect you to
0: have an answer. I kind of. It's like what I glean from the situation is similar to like, okay, COVID was something that was so unanimously affected people. You couldn't exist without talking about it. Right. And it became more apparent who was and wasn't doing it right. Right. In in terms of like a, using a platform and who was and wasn't spreading like misinformation mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But um, part of my hypothesis too was kind of like, the Amy Cooper of it all. I was like, shook by that. That was kind of a an interesting initial trigger for me that a lot of people have forgotten about that. I'd be interested if other people like I, cause that was so, so atrocious and so hor. And that's not insane. a way I would act, but I was horrified that she would identify as a person who's like not racist and open-minded. And like, yeah. she was so in the wrong on so many levels. And like, it was disgusting. And I feel like she's kind of like, not even in part of the conversation now, but
1: I think I, in response to her, I, I, one of the most interesting things I read um, was I think she's like a district attorney in New York. She is no, no, she is not. No, I'm oh, sorry. God. Oh my God, no, no, no. The, the <laughs> woman that tweeted it. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't set up that up correctly. She is not, and she's also fired from whatever yeah, job I was she had. Say. Um, the the woman that is um, she, uh, this woman tweeted, and she is a district attorney in New York. Talked about. She was like, you have no idea how many of these phone calls. Have been played like on in trials and put people, black men behind bars because they're referencing like a distressed white woman's voice on a 911 call. Like, and that's like, that's why this is. I mean, there are a million reasons why this is so fucked up, but like, right. that's one of the reasons why it's like so problematic. It's like, it will, it, it puts people in jail because people are like, well, obviously, if she was that distressed, something was happening, you know, and like, that's so crazy. I mean, our legal system is like, you know, there's literally podcasts on just that, right? And like the the issues in that serial right. season two. Anyone? Um.
0: That that okay? That was arguably better than season one. Oh, absolutely. And nobody talked about it. I,
1: and that's I mean, if we're talking like that's another thing where I'm like, I was I was myself and like knowing about so many of the atrocities, none of this is like news to me. Serial season two is like what I'm yeah. referring to. Uh, that was I feel like so many people this week have been like, my jaw is on the floor. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know. Right. Like, and I, I think that serial season two, like I felt that way. It was like my jaw, like it was so insane. And like, so I was like, vote local, vote for your judges. These people are insane and they're getting voted back in anyway. Worth totally. a listen. And also very, very, very um, relevant right now. I think, I think that I like, have yeah. told so many people in the past week to like, listen to that because like, that should blow your mind. And yeah, it's such a big podcast. Like I, I don't know why that and people jump to season three too. And season three was awful. But um personally, personal opinion. Oh yeah. I don't even think I listened to more than <laughs> I think I listened to like three of the episodes. I don't even remember what yeah. happened. It was just weird. And um anyway, I loved the first two seasons, but serial season two was like that's what's happening, right? Like that's that's the world. I don't know. It's-
0: I'm actually very glad you brought that back up because that is an example of like, boots on the ground, they go to local courts, they tell you everything about these individual cases that would never get national press, but you're like, that's fucked up. And I remember feeling, like, incensed by that podcast, and that was a few years ago, though, and it's worth revisiting, but yeah, I think that's the thing, too. It's like, the goal of even, like, this conversation, it's like, this is... So layered, so multi pronged. We're not going to disassemble 400 years that you know in in one podcast. But what actually made me initially reach out to you is you commented on on a post in the Facebook group, and I wanted to talk to you further about that. And then I was kind of like, well, maybe we just like record this conversation as like two women talking because it was a thread of like a bunch of like formal resources, right? Mm -hmm. And you wrote um a comment you were like yeah like resources are so important but like get on a zoom call walk in a room how many people of color are Mm present present how many people like you know do you work with other people of color in like creatively who you collaborate with who you like contract as a third party at your Mm -hmm. employer like how are you showing up for people who are you including in the conversation who are Mm -hmm. you bringing to the table and it was all the questions that i'm like yeah yes like These are the things that I need to be challenged with and that should be second nature that I'm ashamed that they weren't before, but that I wanted to talk deeper, more deeply about, because I think there's like a major exchange of like resources and accounts right now, but Mm -hmm. not enough dialogue
1: about like how to show up like on an ongoing basis. Yeah. I think, um, I don't even know like where to start with this. This was like, I think probably two, two Two weeks weeks ago ago, that I I commented, which is so interesting. Like the conversations that have been happening since then. Um, and I think that this has been brought up so much more. Um, and I think that like, I myself speaking on this and like, you know, again, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert, you know, I I do not have a PhD in like black studies. I'm not, you know, and I, I learn things all the time, you know, and again, like, yeah, sure. I know, I guess like I've learned, I I know a lot more than most people because like ignoring racism has never been an option for me, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, because it's. It's part of my everyday, you know what I mean? Everyday life. And so one of the things that I brought up, I was saying that, that have been, that's been brought up so often, um, is people are, I think get very, they're like, I don't know where to start. Like, I'm not. A civil rights attorney you know I'm not you know I'm not gonna most people aren't gonna quit their jobs and go work for the NAACP if you want to god bless right. go ahead. but well, you know you ordered
0: five hardcover books exactly and you're just like right what? totally yeah.
1: and it's like yeah you read the books understand more but also like figure out where you can actually have influence and figure out you know it's like you don't have to go if you're not a member of congress yeah you can lobby your member of congress but like beyond that like what one of the things we talked about um Kate was like you know, in in I, I've worked at progressive, you know, ar- arguably tech companies um, that that say that they value diversity and they value this, they value that. But I've also like at those companies walked into rooms, you know, at, at a conference or whatever, at, you know, a sales conference with 99, you know, 100 people and 98 out of the of them are white. And it's like me and one other black person. And like <laughs> the way and I, I actually tell the story a lot because it was like, it's one thing to walk in a room of six people, you know what I mean? Right. And also that's very common. This is not like, like ask any, any black person, you know, um, if they've walked in, like if I'd say 90% of the time, when you go to places at work, you're walking into places with no other black people. Um, and so it's anyway. And in what I tell to people, it's like, if you walked into a room and there were 98 black people and one other white person, you can tell me and lie to me all day and say, like, yeah, oh, I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> it's like, it's not true. You would, I mean, it would be so obvious. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, and you'd go home that night and tell your husband and be like, dude, like, this was crazy. And like, that's literally every, every day. single day being a Black person, especially in like corporate America. And so, you know, it's like, that's, you're walking into spaces that are 98% white and you are the only person that notices. And like, that is where I think that there's a huge, Um, and I wouldn't even say corporate America, I'd say almost all companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where there's like this huge thing that I think it's like, if it wasn't obvious before, please, please, please like go and try and like be very aware of it now Yeah, because like understand like what it would be like if it was the opposite, you know, like there's no one that looks like you. (laughs) Like that's right. It's just crazy. You know, it's, it's, I mean on another level it'd be like it's like walking into a room of 99 men right like 98 men it's like a little bit jarring right it's like there's not one person that looks like me here there's you right. know there's like not one person you know like ugh, <laughs> right that understands like my experience who i am it's just it's interesting it's
0: in the dismissive maybe inadvertently dismissive thing people say is they don't see color. They're colorblind. Right. They don't, which
1: I hope has been like completely, complete, like,
0: like if at this point you <laughs> haven't gotten the memo um, that it, it's a, a thing that I've b- been able to articulate better in recent weeks is like, you don't identify with your race because it's not something that is remi- like, people don't remind you of it daily. Totally. And also kind of like, the the least in the states like the default setting is to be convenient to white people right and you're not faced with like thinking about it and um in scenarios when there's like such an imbalance like the one you described i think people think the safer thing or the thing they should say is like i don't see race to make it not more divisive but they're actually complete they're doing
1: more harm than good absolutely (laughs) It's it's extremely problematic. It's also like, you know, people are like then you don't see me. I'm a person of color. Like, right. I'm a black person. Like, it's not it's not about ignoring it. And I think that that's hopefully what most people are learning right now. It's like ignoring it doesn't make it go away. It, right. it never has like ignoring it. Like the numbers show we've been ignoring it or, you know, white right. people have been ignoring it for a long time and it's, it's not gone.
0: I think like I was thinking a lot about people talking to too much about like what to post like yeah it, the con conver- the reason this is like bothering me was like in the covid conversation i talked about like how do you look decent how do you like post something that aligns with your values but this isn't like okay i don't give a shit what you post the important message needs to be like if you work at a court like whatever corporate job you have whatever job you have period like show up for people advocate for them yeah. Look into a room. Look at a Zoom call. Like he, if we talked about on the phone yesterday. Like the sadly poignant quote that really like stood out to me the past couple weeks was like, if uh, racism was a black person's problem, do you think we'd really be having this conversation? Like Absolutely. it's only white people's problem. Absolutely. So to look at it in a situation where there's inequities, where there's an imbalance of diversity, and to convince yourself it's not your problem is the problem. Right. And I don't give a shit what you post on social media it's important to be reminded of your responsibility wherever you were. Right. And that was like, I don't know. I was just, I was grateful of you kind of interjecting because it made me revisit the importance of this conversation because I get too in like the influencer realm. And I'm like, we're all really influential in our lives, with our families, Mm -hmm. with everything.
1: Right. No, absolutely. I mean, like that's, and that's the thing. It's like, don't try to like become something you're not, but figure out where you, and everyone has some sort of, And like, you know, I think even if you're younger, right, you're like, oh, I'm not a manager at my company or I'm not, you know, in the C-suite, I can't make change. Like, no, you can ask your manager, like, why your team of 40 people is all white. Like, if there's something strange, you know what I mean? Like, if they are committing to these numbers, you can hold your company accountable. Every single company that I've ever worked at, and I'm sure you can attest this, my husband, all my friends, like, you have, you know, some big town hall meeting every quarter or whatever it is. and at some point or like a big one at the end of the year. And at some point you're like, they're, they talk about their diversity and inclusion and their goals for the year and this and that. And like, no one ever, I, I, from what I've seen, like no one really holds them accountable for that. Like, right. Where's the accountability there? You know? And I, I mean, a lot of companies I think hopefully will be held accountable and are now because they're posting these like big statements and people are like, okay, what else are you like? And like, give me numbers, give me specifics. Not like we're supporting the black community, but like how, You know, like, Mm -hmm. talk to me. Um, And I think that, like, that's the thing. Like, figure out where you can question things and also, like, start questioning things. Like, start counting um, the uh, number of people in the room and start advocating. And also, like, I think another thing that's really been brought to the forefront here is, like, it's, like, it's not a minority issue it's not like a people of color issue it's a black issue you know and like that's the other thing i think that especially working in tech like a lot of companies have leaned on minority numbers in like because of whatever because like one of you know some uh, or certain um like race ethnic group i might be saying this incorrectly i apologize if i am
0: Um, again just recording a convo between friends I'm really sorry like again like
1: I said I am not an expert either but I'm just trying to like share my experience um but like has like higher numbers you know because of I I don't I don't even know why I should do my research here before I speak on it but my issue is like there. like I've had conversations I literally had the conversation with my the CEO of my company once and like was going back and forth and they were like well, actually, our diverse numbers and like bright, but like one. So, OK, if your diverse numbers are great as a whole, dissect those more like it's not just like. We can't just decide like people of color are all one. And so like they all count as one and like black people specifically, you know, black and indigenous people, which has been brought also like to mm-hmm. light, um, have had like a very, 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 very like storied and fucked up history in this country. And so it is different than other minorities and other other people of color. It's it's just different. I think everyone's fucking sick of this like token and numbers and this not. It's like we're like people are looking for true fucking equality, like true right. like commitment to things, like and true like looking beyond just looking good. Right. Publicly.
0: Well and when I was talking to you yesterday, um you were like your work and your network and everything come becomes diverse. If you just have a diverse
1: network totally. to begin I, with
0: it, it's, self, yeah, I yeah. think that
1: that's like the other thing. It's like, sometimes you like, it's so hard. And I'm like, the more diverse your company becomes, the more diverse your company will become. I think like one of the other things we discussed was like culture and this whole <laughs> you said you've been out of corporate, and I don't know if this is like a startup thing or like a tech thing, mm-hmm. or if you know it's just something that's been renamed. Um, but like the culture fits, and I think that that's been like a very problematic thing. Um, if you think about it, like in interviewing processes, and like if if we're only not only but like if two people are equally qualified and we're hiring because of a culture fit, then like and because of like I. You posted something earlier. Is it systemic or systematic?
0: Systemic.
1: Systemic. Wasn't that
0: interesting? That was so interesting because I'm like, I've definitely been using those. <laughs> like,
1: I was like, thank you, 48 year old white totally.
0: man, for teaching me this on TikTok. <laughs> what is my problem? Totally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> systematic is like the action of the process of like the, the thing you're doing systemic is like the deep rooted infrastructure.
1: Yeah, I think I've just been going back and forth, hoping that like <laughs> one, like when I say that one or the other, like I guess other people no. don't know either because like no one's corrected me.
0: No, that TikTok was like viral. People were like, thank you. Nobody yeah, totally, wanted to say anything. Totally.
1: Um, okay, so like the the reason where was it going? The the reason that oh, uh, oh. by
0: breeding, like by having um, yes,
1: but like also like okay, weird most startups are funded by white people and white men. Yeah. That's systemic racism. Like you can go back and trace that, right? Like that's why it's like, they're coming for more money. They have more opportunities. They, you know, yada, yada, yada. They are more funded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then like, okay, if those white men, let's say mostly, not all, but mostly are hiring other people. If you have a company when you're starting of like 10 people, yeah, you want it to be like people you like people that are friends. Right. And so like, they're hiring their friends. And then like, not friends, but you know, what I'm saying. Like no, totally, they get along with and maybe friends, <laughs> probably friends, <laughs> Frat brothers. Yes, exactly. um, And so then like, all of a sudden, you know, like it trickles down. And so then you're, they're like, we want this great culture and we want everyone to be a culture fit. And it's like, well, people that come from different backgrounds might not. And I know that it's like quote unquote company culture. And that's what like people will argue. But like, That becomes blurred very quickly because like, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, it just, it it ends up being like culture. Okay. So like culturally, maybe people of color, maybe black people don't fit in as well. You know what I mean? And so like you're creating. And so if you're hiring people based on a culture fit, that's problematic. Like then you all of a sudden, as every, most companies do have a company that's over 90% white. Like, right. (laughs) <laughs> it just is what it is. I mean.
0: Right. And that's like a term. It, this is like maybe not the best term for it, but it's almost, it, it feels like kind of a dog whistling term of like totally a way to justify Absolutely. a lack of change in an organization by being like, well, no, it's not about any of that. It's just about the vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's <what>? like, <laughs> right. But if you, you
1: know what I mean? Like you and your friend went to UVA together, then like, and, and the other person you're interviewing is from an underserved community, but worked her ass off and probably will be a better candidate because of it. I mean, a better employee because of it. And then you, but you're like, but like this girl, I just clicked, like we were in Delta Gamma together. (laughs) (laughs) She's a Delta Gamma too. You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden, like it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) it becomes like, okay, well like culturally, like that, that manager is hiring because like, they have more in common. Right. But it's like not always about who you have in common like or what you have in common with someone. It's about like who can do the job well. And also being well, like very aware that like it's you're, you're like fighting change actively. And I think that that's another thing I've, I've seen a problem with. It's like, which again, it's just like facepalm. You see so like, and you're like, Oh my God, are we still saying this in 2020? Like people are like, Oh, like we need a more diverse candidate pool. And in response people are like well we just want to hire the best candidates it's like no one no one is saying don't hire the best candidates right. but that's also just like such a fucked up thing to say that there right. are people of color or black people that are qualified for this you know maybe i think that that's the other thing like companies are so afraid and i don't know the specific like legalities around this but like we're looking for black people and i think there can be too many because everyone's all of a sudden in the past week saying it you can say that because it's like we're having trouble because like this one agency that we've used for 30 years can't apparently can't find a black person to you know, to, to to apply to a job, you know what I mean? Or like maybe has some serious issues with like racism in their company and they won't send black people that apply. I think that that's the other thing is like this, like passiveness for like, well, like we don't have enough black candidates applying to the job. Like, okay, well go find some, be active about it. Like go, go. There are a, plenty of groups that like can help you with this there are plenty of people that can help you with it you know what I mean like there are so many nonprofits, so many companies also like they're HBCUs go recruit there like Mm -hmm. go you know I mean like there are a million ways you can do it but it's like you can't just like throw your arms up and be like well we don't know right we don't know where to find black people which I've literally heard so many times and it's like yeah because of these (laughs) systemic (laughs) <laughs> because- systemic, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, correct because like systemic racism has like made this climate for that like because like that's the issue it and it's it seem like normal exactly made it seem normal but also like that's yes maybe that's the case because but like you have to actively fight against that like you right. have to like go you know
0: right and it's just it's it, it's so logical I think that's what I'm like kind of going back through is like a duh. B. <laughs> I intellectually knew about so much of this, but wasn't connecting it to yeah. modern issues as yeah. much as I should have been.
1: I mean, American history lessons. Issues, yeah. Like-
0: <laughs> and I think, like, I mean, yeah, I. Could, n- it's not about my own personal issues, but I think with the corporate thing, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind because we're all uh, kind of put- kind of policing the way people speak and what they choose to speak out about and how they speak about it and blah, blah, blah. And there's all this like judgment of how people um, publicly focus their messaging. And I just like can't emphasize enough the importance of taking all of that uh, enthusiasm, turning it inward yeah, and being like, if I was policing me and how I live this out in my day-to-day life, how would I feel about myself as an influencer? Right. How would I feel about myself like living... Cause I, I think it's so easy to put the focus on public people and they should be held accountable. But the, the most intense emotionally conversations I've gotten in have been like with people in my own circles yeah. the past two weeks that, and you have to, yeah. And I think that's just like kind of a separate element there, but to your point about um the corporate aspect or like the job aspect, I totally get all these people are like stepping down from like C level positions or like, mm-hmm kind of amidst this, um, for lack of a better word, cancellation. But when I think about what you were saying and being like these diversity numbers, like let's follow up on this, let's do all these things. And this person's like broad strokes talking about how much they care about all this stuff, but not practicing it yeah. whatsoever. And to see them being like Black Lives Matter and to do all of these outward things on social media, knowing from the inside they weren't doing shit. Right. I get why people are like, uh, they should come out of the woodwork Yeah. before we get into said woodwork. I just wanted to shout out some of the black owned businesses that were shared on the form I posted on Instagram. One is grit fitness, a black female owned fitness studio focused on building strong women, one class at a time. There's three locations in Dallas and I know so many of you are in Dallas The owner, Britt Reddick, has built her team on the idea that every client should see someone that looks like them on the mic, no matter their race or body shape. And beyond the amazing classes, Grit hosts events like speed networking, happy hours, monthly challenges, and workshops that foster connection and friendship among its members. Since COVID-19 hit, Grit also streams daily live classes on its member Facebook group where clients encourage each other and give virtual high fives. So if you don't live in Dallas, you can still be a part of this diverse and engaged community. So please go to DallasGritFitness.com so you can support this amazing business. The next one is a company called Jade Swim. The owner of the business's name is Brittany Kozurski, and the goal of Jade Swim is to have a swimwear brand that combines her minimalist aesthetic with innovative silhouettes and, and unique design details. And the line is carefully crafted From Luxe Fabric with shape retention technology to smooth and sculpt the body. UV protection and resistance to chlorine, suntan lotions, and oil ensure long-term wearability. And I have to say, from looking at these high-waisted bottoms and these one-pieces, I will be purchasing almost immediately. It also says 20% off site white at the top banner, so just an FYI. So go to jadeswim.com for more. And... I'm going to do five of these, but I think they're all really interesting stories. I hope you don't mind. And then I'm going to continue to do them throughout each episode. Um, The next is Tallulah Skincare. It's an all-natural skincare brand for those who suffer from dry skin and eczema. Many products on the market for these skin conditions contain harmful, toxic ingredients, but not Tallulah. The all-natural skincare line contains antioxidants and skin-calming botanicals that help fortify the skin's barrier. The website is tallulaskincare.com, T-A-L-U-L-A, skincare.com. And the founder is a listener, well, at least an Instagram follower, and I just can't believe what smart, incredible women are even associated with me. I just can't get over it. So please go to Tolulaskincare.com to check out more. I suffer from the driest skin, so I will be doing so for sure. This next one I actually mentioned last week, but I will remind you that the only uh, black female-owned bookstore and gallery space in Chicago is called Semicolon. And you should 100% be buying your books from independent booksellers if you're in Chicago specifically. Or they d- delivery; they ship everywhere. But you know, for some of the texts I've recommended, like uh, "Me and White Supremacy" by Leila F. Sad, like "White Fragility" by Robin D'Angelo. I mean, if, if it's so, I like goosebumps looking at the New York Times bestseller list for, um, like, for nonfiction example. Uh, the one like the the top 10 are incredible it's between me and white supremacy white fragility the new Jim Crow the color of law um, so you want to talk about race how to be anti-racist untamed stamp from the beginning just mercy becoming well becoming by Michelle Obama's obviously been uh, on the charts for a while now but I just I don't know I am so so glad that these texts are getting the recognition and business that they so deserve and always have uh, and you can buy them from places like semicolon in Chicago or wherever books are sold at independent booksellers. A lot of places are sold out of these, which isn't great if you want to read them, but you can probably get them on in an ebook form, but also I'm it is never a bad thing in terms of I'm, I'm grateful the d- demand is so high right now. Um, and lastly, Anicia Anicia B for videography. She's a videographer based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, but loves to travel. So anywhere in the world you can hire her. She shoots mostly for weddings. I've told you once I'll tell you again. If there the, the flowers fade, you forget about the food, who cares if the DJ plays a song you don't like? Uh, to me there's two things that matter. That there's booze and that you get a videographer because even like photos, they capture moments sure, but I don't really You know, I have a couple photos around the house, but like I watch my wedding video constantly and I can't rally for the value of paying a videographer to capture, you know, your wedding or whatever event it is because you get to relive it over and over and over in ways a picture can never justify. So if you are in the Charlotte area or really anywhere and you want an awesome videographer, please support Anicia. B videography at anisiabvideography dot com a n e i s i a b v i d e o g r a f y dot com. Her roommate nominated her, who's also somebody I love because I'm going to give her a shout out. She'll paint your pet. Her name is Sarah. Paint- Paints pets, and she sent me a, a painting of tugboat and love her for it. But anyway, guys, okay. So every week I'll share five of these and continue to add them to the form that I will put in my Instagram highlights and love you so much back to the episode they should yeah, they should totally. be calling them out totally. because that's so frustrating right. to only and that's what i'm saying for our day-to-day lives too like don't just make the public facing
1: side of you decent for the love of god let's do both yeah and i think that to challenge someone especially someone at your like job which mm-hmm. i understand pays your bills yeah. like i you've got to come with like en- enough knowledge to say things and like a way that teaches someone and also like, you know what I mean? Like if someone is like, well, we can't say black lives matter because all lives matter. Like, right. And it's like, I don't know the VP of God knows what at your company, you know, and you're in a meeting with them. You can't just be like, no, 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 we have to say black lives matter. And like not be able to explain that. Right. You have to cut. And that's the thing. Like one, there's so much like floating around right now. Like it's just not that it's just become not that hard. People have like literally dumbed it down in spark notes. Like you should, there is, absolutely zero excuse there never was but absolutely not now but you also need to educate yourself so that when you when it comes time to question which it will it absolutely will and you will be in meetings probably within the next month where someone says something off color and they're probably going to be uh, not probably but they could be anyone right it could be anyone but like I've seen a lot in my day like of problematic comments coming from older white men who mm-hmm. you know are in power and people not challenging them To challenge them, you have to be able to challenge, like challenge them, and and know what you're talking about. You know what I mean, and not just like I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's like they are already going to be upset that you're challenging them. So like, you have to be able to like explain yourself. You do have to do your research. Um, and it's just not hard.
0: No, and I that's meaningless coming for me. But like, I just. Even like um, people just being like, pass the mic, mute yourself, lift other voices. Like, yes, in your day to day life, but use your words. Like, totally take what you've learned, put it into your words, and then share with people how you would explain this. And that's that exercise of me doing that with like All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter. How I saw like one thing three years ago where a professor said, it's about focus versus exclusion. Yeah. That's what I say all the time. I've never shared that on the podcast because I'm a monster, but like, I I think it's important like you abs- you absorb stuff and then you figure out how to incorporate it into your um like discourse you have with people and my fear of this social media phase we're in it's like so important for like awareness and um reach but for like personal absorption you can't yeah. you can't just quote somebody else's words right. that it, it, that's not going to come across no And when everyone's listening and learning, I'm like, okay, but what are you hearing and how are you framing it? And I think those are the exercises that are a lot more meaningful than getting yourself out of it by saying, I'm listening, I'm learning.
1: I agree. I also think that like, there are a lot, well, I don't even know. I, 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 this is like a deep dive in itself. Obviously like the me too movement has even crazier, you know, when you add like race into that, it's even crazier, but like there are so many interesting things um, and overlaps here. And you know you you've talked a lot about like being raised Christian and mm-hmm. like what that means as yourself as a sexual being, and like the shame surrounding it and this and that. And I'm like, I think that I don't know if most a lot of your listeners, plenty of us have were were raised in ways that we don't agree with now, right? You didn't it, revisit what the truth was, right, right. And especially like surrounding something like that. So it's like it's not, and so you had to, like, do your own research and listen to it enough and, like, form your own opinions. But if someone asked you now, you could explain it on your own. Whereas, like, when you were 16, you might not have been able to, or 14, I don't know, you know. But, like, so let's not pretend that we can't learn and learn how to explain things and learn how to, like, express ourselves in ways where we defend our points of view and help other people understand where we're coming from in an intelligent way. Right. I don't like this, like, I just, I, I, I'm just I, I at a loss of words, you know. And I, and I I really don't mean that in a way that like is mocking, even though I just said it in a mocking way. No, voice. I mean that in a mocking way.
0: I, I don't, I don't think there's an excuse at all. Another thing I'm annoyed
1: with is you have to get okay with being criticized. Yes, that's the bottom line. Like you just, you have to like, okay, well, like I I, I said this one thing and someone like came for my life and and now, you know, Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's like something that I found annoying, you know, from white women influencers recently is like damned if I do damned if I don't like no don't show up like an idiot but like yeah you might get criticized you are learning absolutely and you've got to be able to take that criticism and like no let's not listen to any trolls on the internet period if anyone has zero posts and six followers and no picture on their profile (laughs) don't listen to them okay right, right, ignore them (laughs) like I give you permission to ignore any of them right but like yeah, you might get criticism and like you've got to be able to like take that. I, it's, to me, it's just like not. OK, you're like, I if I say anything, I feel like I'm going to be criticized. Well, like black people have been criticized for bajillion years, you know, what I mean, like it's OK, so like, God forbid, right. God forbid someone makes a comment criticizing you publicly on Instagram, like is your life going to end? No, get over it. Move on. Take the criticism. Don't yell back at them, which I've seen so much. Like dude, Jesus. Like I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I, I. And I guess like that's it's true. Like I do live in a different Instagram world than everyone else, right? We all live in like whoever we follow, right, and that's right. like hard to understand sometimes. But like when people say things like or do things, and I'm like, you guys, how much I've seen forty posts about this in the last week. Like who are you following? Who are you following that you haven't learned not to say all lives matter? Who are you following that you haven't learned? not to post a picture with your black friend, like to prove that black people mean something to you. My mind is blown sometimes. And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm at a loss for words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's an interesting point of even despite all of the education and conversation surrounding what are productive action steps, people still go back to their instincts. Yes.
1: You said that yesterday. I thought that that was like, like, Kind of groundbreaking away. is was like, that's what it is. It's like, that's what people learn and then still trust their opinion. Yes. Over facts. Like, and it's like, what? Hmm? Yes. <laughs> What's
0: happening here? I maybe have had the luxury of speaking for so long for a couple years now that I've had to do so much self reflection and so much dismantling <laughs> of what I, le- I have no choice. I'm only totally. talking to myself. Totally. And this is like, it's such a gift in a sense because i've radically changed so much of what i believe like hearing myself say it
1: and yeah. then thinking
0: about other people being affected by it and um it's, i just it's like the
1: housewives like by season three they finally get it you, yeah you they're know, like, oh, like oh i'm oh, awful totally
0: <laughs> totally <laughs> a million percent and i think like it's one of those things where some people see everything as a personal attack and you get to a point where you're you can discern well-intentioned advice from trolls yeah and to not take well-intentioned advice when you're making money off of people right. is a huge, huge mistake. Right. And part of what kind of we uh, talked about during influence in COVID, it's just like, um, in a situation where nobody knows better, that's one thing with the COVID. nobody like, we were all kind of not really knowing totally. what's going on. This is a situation where women, I keep saying women cause my 98% of my podcast is women, but, um, people who have been doing the work who have been saying this the whole time who have always been activists and trying to promote this sort of change um and the people who absorb that information trying to correct you so you don't mess up next time so you're more sensitive less offensive so you're more i don't know inclusive whatever the hell it is it's clear when it's not a troll yeah and to prioritize your own ego is what's that's become my barometer for like, okay, you just posted this five paragraph diatribe mm-hmm. about all the ways you're going to change. But the second somebody says something to you in the comments section, you go after totally. them. This is what we need to watch for like who people are. <laughs> right. the, this is the difference between like the like sh- the, the performative aspect and the tactical day to day, I think.
1: And I think that on like on that, it's, you know, I think that people are also like, well, if someone like says something respectful and loving, like not everything has to be respectful and loving. This isn't, you know what I mean? Like this, I don't know. This isn't your husband, right? Like black people are allowed to be mad about you saying something that comes off as ignorant. Like it's and and no, they shouldn't be like attacking you and your family. And yes, ignore those people. Like that's not cool. It's not, you know what I mean? But right. like at the same time, it doesn't have to be like, Hey sweetie, I know you meant, Like you were totally like well intentioned with this post, but I just wanted to let you know that like not everything has to be that. Like this ain't it. Maybe you're like, whatever it is, like it's not necessarily them attacking you. It's someone like criticizing the way you decided to post something. And that's fair. Like you have to be able to take some criticism. And again, especially as a public figure, especially these influencers, you know, it's right. Well,
0: and like per like white fragility, um, I'm sure a lot of people are recently reading Robin D'Angelo's book, White Fragility, who is a white woman, by the way, but she does a good job articulating the sensitivity and the fear of people being called racist as in hateful, as in like, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe what another common sense realization of the past couple weeks is like, um, kind of the. Uh, assuming that the term is only associated with like people that are hateful, not like the KKK members, but I associate the term white supremacy with like extremists. Right. No, I, yeah. And it's, it was never meant to be only associated with like hate groups. Yeah. It literally is like a complex series of systems that work in white people's yeah. favor. And it's not threatening you, it's not compromising anything you believe. Let's like embrace and like rebrand the term to right. be like not rejected so hard. Cause I think a lot of people aren't hearing things because that, that term serves as this like roadblock and, um, similarly with like white privilege and the, the more I read about that, it's like that. I think that's, what's so crazy to me is like, yeah, the fear is being called a bad person is being called a hateful person. Like you're actively trying to do something to ruin somebody else's lives life. But then the realization of like, I'm not actively doing anything to improve anybody's life. And that's fucked up. I shouldn't just exist from a place of not hurting people, I should exist for.
1: Especially when people are being actively hurt. Exactly. By the system. Like that, exactly. and that's the thing. It's not like it's two groups of people that are like running in parallel and like passively, like, no, like you're benefiting from. Right. From the system that is actively hurting others.
0: And if you're benefiting from it, you're Back upholding it.
1: Black people. Exactly. Exactly. And
0: I think that's, what's been a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people but it's what you I guess do with it that matters and like per the Instagram conversation one of the things we wanted to talk about because it's like kind of a hot topic is some of the I don't know if I should call them cancellations I don't know what they are (laughs) but uh bizarre situations of extreme defensiveness of people trying to exemplify um grace (laughs) and like (laughs) I I feel like it's always the person that's trying to be like so woke that it turns out I'm like, like, yeah, it's just, could not have missed the mark more. And one of these fascinating parts that I know you guys all know about is Jenna Kutcher of the gold digger.
1: I'm like, I don't even know where like, but I'm, I'll let you continue um, interjecting. I also think that like religion has come up with a lot in these conversations and also like people that associate that that's the wrong word, because I feel like sometimes, like I get this conversation with people, and I'm like, "Oh no, no, I'm not an atheist. Like, it's not you know, I'm not it, which is totally Trust fine me. too. I respect literally anyone and whatever right. you believe in. And, and God, God bless is not. Let's <laughs> say
0: I like le- I'm God like, bless. <laughs> um, but I'm living y- for your brain experiencing what I like on a weekly basis. I'm like <laughs> totally. I don't I'm know like- if you listen to my science podcast, but I'm like. So like, I'm kind of a Christian, yeah, but like, yeah, I also totally. totally believe Buddhists believe everybody. Like, what do I know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the, 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 um, liberal dilemma is like the entire point is you, I can't tell you something. I, even though it's easy to say like astrology is ridiculous. How can I tell you astrology is ridiculous when I'm telling you that, um, Jonah was swallowed by a big mm-hmm. fish. Mm-hmm. We all believe what we believe and that's fine. Totally. And we just have to like, be cool be ha- everyone's innocent until proven guilty like until i can definitively say the thing you believe is wrong it's right absolutely and i'm fine with that totally but what's interesting and also
1: like i always say like whatever gets you there like whatever, whatever like gets you there whatever makes you happy you a and compass exactly it gives you something like whatever i don't and whatever makes you happy you know what yeah. I mean? like it's something you genuinely like, don't care i i could you know what I mean? like it that's right i hope you have something that makes you happy
0: and you would hope with that, that comes a loving, accepting disposition. Yeah. I think that's kind of the irony. I think you were getting out of. Yes.
1: Like, like and that's the thing I think like Jenna Kutcher and, and, and a lot of bigger bloggers. For sure. Influencers um, have like this. Uh, it, religion, I'm so bad at talking about. Like, just, yeah. again, like I'm just it, it's weird. because anyway, and maybe I haven't dissected it because it's like never had any negative influence you know what I mean and so like I'm like always just had a positive and and kind of like light association yeah um someone's gonna come for me for this
0: no they will I've I've if it's been said I've said it last week I went in on tithing which was a brave choice um but no I and I kind of have come to this conclusion recently I'm like I really believe in something I want the value I want to people to extract from this podcast is like I think the things that are the most tense and controversial are we're told yeah. they're taboo to keep us quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, um, religion is a lot of, uh, r- makes a lot of people like suppress who they are their entire life. Cause they can't even ask somebody like, right. Hey, is it cool that I'm doubting this or that? Totally. And to create environments where people operate under such restriction is concerning to me. And I'm always like, well, if everyone doesn't need to hear it, I don't care. Like there's somebody that yeah. needs to hear it and like doubt stuff, question stuff, totally. accept stuff. And coming from that angle, that's how I justify the offensive things I say about religion. <laughs> totally, my bottom totally. line.
1: <laughs> I think like what I've seen a lot of, and I've talked to my um, sisters about this, like this whole like people being like, "We're all the Lord's children," mm-hmm. like in response to this, and it's like, "Fuck off!" Like, no, like, and and, and I don't mean that. And like, yes, I believe that, but also like it's not that like we, I, I think I've get gotten very annoyed of people trying to package this up in a pretty like yes. influencer photo. Like this is not a sponsored campaign. Black Lives Matter is not sponsoring your goddamn post. You need to say something of substance. Like say you know what I mean? Like think through it, not just like God will save us. Well, like, yeah, but mm, like, you know, like, right. But like what in this life? Right. Like right now do? though, like, you guys, there's a lot happening in, Again, I, I'm not. I don't mean this in 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 a bad way, and like, yes, I have prayed for all the families and and prayed for everyone, but like, prayer is not going to save us, and it's very clear at this point because there are a lot of very very very. I, I mean, there are a lot of people praying, right? Right. And like, it's it's, I, that's that's not the solution right now. It, it's the same thing as like, there's only one race, the human race. Like that to me feels like very similar, and like. I think what I'm saying is like a lot of these bloggers that publicly and strongly, like outwardly associate themselves with Christianity and like talk about what would Jesus do?
0: Well, right. And I think to your point earlier, it's like that, that is responding the the way I'm, I've been framing this, not that that's correct, but like, okay. Okay everything I was trying to combat before in my life has to do with tackling implicit bias. Mm-hmm. The the hateful piece, the, yeah. the the piece in your head where you're like, am I judging a person in this, that, or the other situation? It's more like internal, emotional, perception-based. That aside, we've got bigger fish to fry, institutional racism, yeah. <laughs> systemic right. racism, right. and Jesus loves me, this I know, is great, but that only kind of tackles the like love each other piece, yes. which like we get, and that's an important thing but that doesn't make you anti-racist. That doesn't make you helpful. And I think I get frustrated when, yeah, the blanket of religion or um, the silver lining type of stuff is really only focusing on your own fragility in terms of the exhaustion you feel from digesting something you've never made yourself digest before, but also from saying things like Jesus one race or stuff about Jesus loving us all is no different than all lives matter to me because it's dismissing. Yes. The focus it's, totally. t- it's detracting the focus. And I don't think that's offensive in a religious sense, but an important thing to think about because you could very much easily write off. You could group your feelings into a more uh, faithful message of like, well, Jesus treated everybody the same. So I will too. Yes. Good but also how are you offsetting the inequities that exist? Exactly. How are you being, it comes back to that proactive right, piece, right. I guess. Like, so I, I totally, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. And and Jenna Kutcher being kind yes. of on the more religious side and a lot of people who I hear from, I always, I mean, admittedly, I go to see if the Bible verses in their bio first, just because I think it's interesting because <laughs> I'm obsessed with religious people. Um, anyway, uh, so I was getting caught up on this situation the past few days because I, the problem with following a lot of these things whether it's like Reformation, Jen, uh, Gotch, um, Love Shack, Fancy, like there's so many different, oddly, female, white female, 30 to Mm 40-somethings that are kind of being um, employees, past employees, whatever, speaking out against kind of how their behavior disconnects from.
1: Also that are like allegedly very pro-feminist. Yes. Girl bosses. Hashtag all over, you know, That's, hashtag girl boss. Jen over, Gotch
0: right? especially is an example of a person that like her brand kind of hinged on inclusivity. These things are almost hard to process because everything gets deleted. So I guess what happened, my understanding is that she had an interaction. She posted a photo from the Dominican Republic. With two and her d- two Dominican children that toy Marie Smith, who's another She's a black influencer. Mm -hmm. Would you call her an influencer?
1: I don't. I honestly, I don't know enough about her. I don't
0: either. Which I need to.
1: Incredibly smart. Because like reading through those, and I was like, whip smart. Jesus Christ! Like you were reading through her emails. I was just like, if you're not, you should be. You know, you should be making money off of this. A hundred percent. Twenty five (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars. But but yeah, like she. I, I I don't know, and I don't. So
0: I guess. Toy followed Jenna, and when she posted this photo, Toy made a comment that was like, this is poverty porn. This is, I don't know the exact verbiage she used, but said something along the lines of like, this is uh, uh, pretty like unnecessary to get your message across to pose with these two kids. And Jenna, from the comment in 2017, I think several so. years ago, found her email, emailed her, a pretty like self-righteous diatribe about her intentions, completely missing the point. And then come 2020, we're having a more open social dialogue about race. And.
1: Well, I think it was also during, it was an email exchange. It was back and forth. And in my opinion, Toy was being incredibly respectful and really like trying to, she had absolutely no um obligation to but really like trying to teach and like trying to explain to her and like break it down literally included the links in the email like responded to like broke up the email right. responded to specific things and that was in 2017 like it was like what le- like something that now like is happening a lot but like like and not that it shouldn't have been happening then but like this like she wasn't doing any of this for show this was a private email exchange she was like let me help you understand where you're going wrong like let right. me help you you know and like in response to an email that was not kind and, and very accusatory and very, very self-righteous. Um, and anyway, so it was like an email exchange that went back and forth. And she was really, I don't know, I would have lost my cool. <laughs> but that I would have lost my cool after the first for... email for you like deleting my comment and then coming like to email me to tell me how incredible you were. And like also again, like using religion as a guise to like not understand. The bigger issues at play, right? Like, and also, like this whole. But my intentions were good, and it wasn't even like that. It was like I have good intentions, so how dare you question me? You know, ding, ding,
0: ding. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like what I don't have a word for. It's not only overly defending your intentions, but also suggesting the other person has some specific vendetta against you that's trying to take down those intentions, like it's never assuming the other person is well-intentioned on giving you feedback. It's like they're they're. It's perceived as attacking in a way that's so bizarre. So bizarre. And I was just looking for the post to read it more specifically. She said, three years ago, I commented on a photo of Jenna Kutcher posted featuring two black boys. The photo was highlighting her work with an organization supplying clean water in the Dominican Republic.
1: They were, they are from the, yeah.
0: Okay. It was peak white saviorism and poverty porn. My comment asked her to please pull the photo because it was harmful and centering on herself. Jenna did not like that and then proceeded to find my email address through my Instagram, sent me a lengthy email defending herself and her actions. It was filled with white lady, it was filled with tactics straight from the white lady playbook. I responded to Jenna with a detailed breakdown of why the shit she did was wrong. My email was gracious and clear, which it was. I even offered her the opportunity to hop on a call with me. She didn't take that offer. Instead, she decided to send me another email further defending her shit. I left it alone. What Jenna also did was take some time and go through my IG feed and post comments on about five photos in one night. She wanted to essentially put me in my place. That part I don't fully understand. Um, fast forward to 2020 and white women are clutching their pearls in hopes that their past transgressions <laughs> don't get them called out. Jenna's in that camp. Yesterday, May 31st, I woke up to an email from her apologizing for our email encounter three years later. She said that she now understands her privilege, yada, yada, yada. I'd forgotten all about Jenna, but suddenly she remembered me. Why, you may ask. Well, it was, most certainly has something to do with her covering her ass in light of people like Marie Forleo getting called out for being whack and self-serving. I debated on if I would even bless this with my energy, but then I love bless this with my energy. But then I saw she made an IG post centering on herself and the repair she made while not really showcasing the harm. On her IG, she posted a mysterious 2017 incident and lifted herself up to show her audience the work she'd been doing. She even used a brand photo of herself to lead the way. She didn't ask me if she could speak about this or inquire if this was repaired. She made it all about her. It's not about her. If you check the link in my bio, you can read the full email exchange. Okay, I'm sorry that I read all that, but I wanted to kind of give context in terms of this exchange happened privately toy graciously explained how this was wrong offered to get on a call back and forth jenna didn't respond left it alone in light of recent events jenna took it upon herself to post this exchange and blind it to make to be like i was wrong before but i've changed she Mm. like volunteered this email exchange Is, is that correct
1: yeah, I don't think she was, I think she was like, uh, to be honest, like if I'm like, please, when I first met, read her uh, initial post, I was kind of like, and maybe it was also like in light of the other like posts that I thought were like just awful from other people. um, I was kind of like, OK, like, I appreciate this. Like Jenna's taking some, you know, yeah. she's like, I've learned things in the past, this and that. But then like. With with the whole like in context, it's like, no. Go fuck yourself, like you you know and, yeah, I, I, it's it was just bad,
0: well, I think that's what's interesting to me is is it's almost like this interesting tactic of like, well, I couldn't be I couldn't be doing anything wrong if I'm the one that's calling myself out,
1: right, exactly. well, that was like part of her, I think, like the ongoing, if you read the whole it's long. <laughs> I read it yesterday, but like the whole exchange is, um, toy was like. Explaining to her, like, okay, do these things to make it right. This is what I want you to do. And she was like, trying to still own the narrative. And she was like, sent her, she was like, this is the post I've come up with. Please approve it by 12 p.m. today, or I'll take your name out and just post it on my own without your name. And it was just like, she was like, please stop trying to control the narrative if you want, like, you know if you want to make this right like it this isn't is like what a I'm content
0: asking. calendar like rel- yeah. yeah and
1: she was like again still trying to like make herself look good make herself look great you know this and that like here are all the things I've learned look at the work I've done and it's it's you know no like you and again it's you're doing this you, you could have reached out months ago and and I don't mean that in a way that like it's too late too late to not be racist because I don't ever want right, like of course not, anyone right. to feel that. But like, <laughs> please, it's never too late. Yes, it would have been great 10 years ago. But if you want to come over to the bright side today, please, you're welcome. Right. Um but but at the same time, like it, it just feels very self-serving and very like you're only here, like, especially for that. Like, I don't know. She 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 did everything right. Toy did everything right and gave you all the resources privately and offered to get on a call and you still felt the need to attack her and like take her down or try to take her down obviously you didn't um but it's, and painted
0: know. as this like really pleasant exactly. evolution of like an exchange where you learn something from her when you kind of dismiss the or totally. sounds like totally the entire thing and
1: um I, I actually thought that this was a really i think it's worth reading and i think that um understanding it from like maybe ways that you might react like it it could be like helpful to some people and it could be worth reading so that you understand like no like this isn't okay and like toy does such an incredible job of like breaking it down piece by piece and really trying to explain to her in like a way too respectful way in my opinion the way she was like yeah questioning her and like she was like i am crying and she was like why are you crying
0: like, can we just talk? Right. Like, Am She's I like, supposed to feel bad? Right. That's again, of she was that. like,
1: I'm crying at your response or your comment. it's like, why? Shut up. Hmm. Um. And I think that anyway, it, it's it's t- in my opinion, it's worth a read. Just like. I don't know, maybe check your own internal bias, you know what I mean? Like, or things sure. that you might say or things that you might think are OK or like. Maybe you went on a mission trip and are posting. Your pictures
0: with the facebook album missionary style totally <laughs>
1: like, and maybe you should reconsider that being up and this is where like religion yeah. comes in <laughs> my husband was like just like try not to be too controversial i'm like religion's an issue no, like, I know again, podcast, but <laughs> don't like, worry i'm just like laughing at myself <laughs> um and but like, she's like, you know, I'm a believer in Christ. Like that does not mean you can't be racist. Like Jesus Christ. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Any
0: uh, extremist belief system is very on their moral high horse. And you would assume that the paramount thing is equality, right. Of like loving people of like, you know, and people don't even realize how these systems like infect that. But um,
1: yeah, I think that And one of the things we talked about earlier with like this whole cancel culture, I think that and it's been happening in the Facebook group and and other Mm -hmm. places all around Instagram. I think that like. One of the biggest issues with like Instagram, with influencers, with influencer culture is. People not like people thinking or like putting these. These people on like the same level as celebrities and not realizing that like. I wouldn't say most of them, but I think a good amount of them, like, will respond to DMs.
0: Yeah, I think most people think it's, like, their responsibility. Or
1: emails, if you really have something, you know. If you, yeah. And some people say, like, I'm my DMs get so flooded. Like, uh, email me if you, you know, if you're really, if you need to contact me. And I think that I don't like this idea of, like, not giving any, someone... I, it's weird. I, I got to be careful. I didn't say this, but like not giving someone a chance to explain themselves, I guess, or mm-hmm. like calling them out and asking them a question. And I think that like, at this point, I really, ho- I think everyone I know of has spoken out in some capacity about all of this. Anyone that hasn't. Yeah. You should probably follow them. <laughs> like, like, Yeah. Right. They, they, yeah. At this point, absolutely zero. I've no, you know, no sympathy, but, um, I do think that like attacking people does not always, and, and there are times when it's valid and I, and I also understand people's anger sometimes, but like canceling people just doesn't allow people to like learn sometimes and like understand. And, and if there's anything I've learned in this last week, it's a, a lot of people have no idea that they're even doing wrong. And that's not an excuse. Right. Um, And I hope, I hope it's not an excuse going forward because I hope everyone knows at this point, but um, where am I going with this? I I think I'm trying to say like I've had, I like, there were a couple influencers last week that I reached out to and my sister as well. And we have these conversations a lot, just like talking about influencer kind of culture and this and that. And um, some people we follow like hadn't posted and like, you know, I had a conversation with someone that, I don't know I'm it was fine I wasn't like particularly happy with it but I also like (laughs) was not in the mood to like go that much deeper and I was like okay you know basically she was like I'll put something kind of thing and I don't know um again it's not my job to explain it all to you and like anyway but then like my sister ended up having a super productive conversation with um I'm gonna say it because like I don't like it wasn't I mean, I'm going to say her name because I, I, yeah. I, I love her personally. And I think that like, she responded to it absolutely the right way and continued to Krista R- Robertson. Uh-huh. I always call her Roberto because like Robertson <laughs> doesn't fit in her name. And like, so it's Roberto. Roberto. and I'm like, I think I thought that was her name for years. I
0: honestly it's, think it's I did
1: Robertson. <laughs> 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 and it's like, it's just funny. Like Instagram, like everyone goes by, it's like you. your,
0: like, it's your yeah. Instagram name. Like,
1: right. Um, anyway, it's, and so my sister actually reached out to her and they had, a great conversation she was like cool call me which is like super cool like they ended up chatting on the phone they texted you know they had a really productive conversation that um I don't know like I don't know you know the specific ins and outs of but like it wasn't it wasn't that she, she didn't care like by any means or was defending her or silence was, totally or... was defending her silence or like like hadn't like she'd been like active in like doing things on her own personally, like behind the scenes and like, didn't, you know what I mean? Anyway, it was like just a, a they had such a, and then like she also like invited my sister to like write a blog post with her, which is like, it's also awesome. very cool because it's just, you know, my sister's like smaller and, and has like a small following and is trying to figure out the blogging world. And yeah, I just think it's really cool. Um,
0: like and, genuine collaboration,
1: genuine collaboration. Exactly. And also just like call me like, you know, even for someone to reach out to you on Instagram, you're just like, yeah, call me. Let's let's ch- let's chat this through. Like, yeah. And I think that like. It just ended up being a much better conversation. And then after that, she ended up raising like seventeen thousand dollars on her own. And she did. She has like a following of less than hundred thousand right under, I think, like 80 something. Yeah. Um. And. I, I don't know, I just like really appreciated her response and I thought it was. Super genuine and and super kind and like. I've always liked her and like this made me like her more, but it also is like give people a chance to explain themselves and like give people like reach out and let people know when you have a problem. Don't just be like, fuck you and leave. Especially if it's someone you like, if it's someone right. you don't care about in the first place, yeah, leave, whatever you shouldn't right. have been there. Stop right. the hate follows. Right? Totally. It's it's the same thing as like leaving a restaurant saying, you'll never go back there telling 20 of your friends, it's the worst place in the world. And not telling the manager or anyone before you left like, you had a shitty server, you know what I mean? Or like you had whatever they like, just let people know the issue. You, that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole, but like this, I, I don't know. It's this strange people can't confront people. No, people can't. This is, that's such a generalization. But like, I see this like really awful, like trend of like not being able to confront people and not being able to have conversations. Yeah. Um, and like, it's one thing if you like confront someone and they're like, Kick rocks and yeah, out them, cancel them, absolutely right, right. But, like, give them a chance to like, like. I have a friend right now whose dad had COVID and went had a stroke and you know something and like she hasn't posted anything because she's been taking care. of Like you have no idea, no idea. what's yeah. happening in people's lives, and not to say that that's like always the case. And yeah, sometimes it is just like silence or like they need a push or whatever it is or they don't understand and you know whatever it is, but. I do think that like you got to give people a chance and you don't have to. You're right. You don't have to. It's Instagram. You can do whatever you want. Right. And that's like, I think that that's the other thing. It's like, and again, I, I, I really don't want to like criticize it. And that's a kind of one of the posts that was talking about earlier I was referencing earlier is like, yeah, being an ally and just like getting onto this, like, you know, getting on board, like you are going to get criticized and you got to be okay with that. And that's yeah. fine. But I, I, I also don't want to like, have anyone like toil anymore like I hope that's not what comes out of this and I think that um like you don't have to like sugarcoat it and and, you know what I mean it's just like you just gotta be able to say something in a respectful way like you don't have to attack everyone but like don't just be like fuck you (laughs) like it's like that's like not like that's your job that's what like when people talk about doing the work like that's the work Share with them, like have the conversation, confront people about things in a way that's like productive. And don't I think that that's the thing. It's like, don't make us do it.
0: Yes. And I think there there's like a way you discern it personally, where there's people you follow that you probably love and respect. And that when those when those people are the ones disappointing you and you're maybe driven to write out or think through something you want to say or talk to, like lean into that instinct, because. No, you don't have to take everything up with everyone ever because you have different relationships with people yeah, you absolutely. follow. But like, I know the people that have been around a while. I've DM'd a while. Yeah. I can smell a thoughtful DM from a, a screenshot bait from a mile away. Yes. I know when somebody's trying to get me to say something or like one hundred. And I know when and you somebody cares. Your messages
1: and say like, oh, this person's always said kind things to me. Yeah, and you can say that. You know, again, it doesn't have to just be like mean but you can be like I've liked, like I've liked and followed you for a while this really disappointed me or like I'm really disappointed by this you know right. because this is what I this is who I think you are really you know, yeah. you know like this hold is,
0: people to a high standard right, of what right. they present themselves as exactly and if that they're not meeting that I would hope people would call me out on that before they would abandon me entirely and this is my own fragility of being like for years I can do everything right in your eyes, but one thing wrong and I'm like done. And that's a lot of the pressure and anxiety. A lot of people in a public position feel not that they shouldn't be accountable for the one thing they do wrong, but that I just hope that like, yeah, if it's a matter of negligence or an oversight on my behalf that like, I can dive in and correct it and be honest about it. And like, I think it's some people's instinct to ignore and to deflect. And I think more people than you might even realize would be really receptive to like a full on conversation, but influencers it's on influencers for blocking, (laughs) deleting. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a very feedback, um, welcome arena all the time because people are just constantly like bowing anybody that comes at them and calling them trolls. It doesn't seem like a safe space to comment, but I guess that would be my two senses. Like I can tell if you're a troll and I can tell if you're a real human who means well and I will engage
1: always have like no profile picture or like again like zero zero posts like don't dm people if you have zero posts right (laughs) go away
0: (laughs) well and I think it goes back to to something I've been thinking about a lot that is like the more uncomfortable it makes me is the thing I need to lean into because that means I probably care right and that means I could probably like make a difference it's kind of like um, if you aren't, if you're silent because it won't go over well with your social media, like, holy shit, you are in, you are the problem. You're immersed right. in the problem. You are the most effective person on the
1: front lines. Yeah. Ta- you know, if we're, if we're going back, it's like oftentimes black women don't even have the luxury and black men as well of, of getting mad in like situations because it, ref- you know, because of the way people perceive it, it's right. just like an angry black woman. And you know what I mean? It's like these racist narratives that are put on us. And so it's like, you do the work. You go be the quote unquote bad guy for once, you know, and like do and and actually like don't just like do the easy shit. Fuck you, you know. Be I mean? like, okay, that, where are we getting with that? Like, that to be open to like the, the criticism.
0: That and like the way I'm trying to, if this is helpful to anybody, I'm trying to operate from like okay, and normally in the world I was operating from a, a default setting of like doing my best, benefit of the doubt, like. Defensiveness of just like who I am. But now I think we need to shift our default setting to already being quite wrong. Yeah. Your normal should be like, it's fucked up that you just figured this out. Yeah. And (laughs) be okay with at least that minimum level of criticism, pushback, and discomfort because Black Lives Matter was started in 2013. It's 2020. Like, (sighs) that's embarrassing. By that, I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm talking about myself. Like, I, sh- even though I'll probably be uh, like, you know, offended or hurt or want the benefit of the doubt for somebody criticizing me, sizing me. Like I also fucking deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I'll block a troll all day. And I do. And I'm not perfect at this whatsoever. Like I just, if, yeah, I I think we just need to realize that like fundamentally we're wrong Yeah. or have been wrong. Have <laughs> been wrong. Right. And now Hopefully we need to operate forward. from a deficit, not from like the person you think you are because of X, Y, Z identifiers. Okay, geez, I
1: already understand. Right, <laughs> right, like, Okay, right. like, and you don't just get, like, <laughs> like this, this conversation. A hundred percent. Nolan Boyd, because, like, you understand now. I get
0: like- it. Well, and that would be, and I'll let you go soon, but the one thing I think a lot of people, like, are, and it's not, I don't know. It's, like, I think what I'm seeing over and over in, like, comment sections and stuff is, like, you feel weird talking about the great things you do. But then if you say all these great things and don't show you do them, it's performative. Mm -hmm. Is that just like a reality of moving forward is like, it's not about how good you look. It's what you do and sitting in that. Or is there an importance of both visible and invisible effort that you actually need to, if you're doing shit in your day to day life, is there a responsibility to like talk about it and bring that forward or like volunteer work or donating? And I think that's kind of a funny space where people don't yeah. want to.
1: I think it's, I think it's weird. And I think that there's like a lot of gray there. Yeah, for um, sure. I think with influencers. not performative is the wrong word, but I do think that like, keep it public to keep yourself accountable and like, true. and also the reality is you do have influence, right? Like you do have, like some people were like, I'm, matching donations because it has been shown to like make a much bigger difference. You know like much make a much bigger impact. So like if you're doing that, like match donations up to a certain amount, like that different things that you can do. Um, whatever you're posting, make sure you're matching it in the background, right? Like make sure you're like doing things. Yeah. Again. And and that's not just donating and that's not just going to volunteer twice a year to pass out or once a year to pass out Thanksgiving turkeys you know, in a black community. Like, that's not what it is. It's like fighting in your everyday life. Like we talked about at the beginning, like for things that make a difference. Yeah. And making sure that you are like lifting up people of color, but like black people specifically, and making sure that like you are fighting for them, um, so that it's not on them to fight for themselves because like the system is built against them.
0: Right. Us. (laughs) Like, um, and I, yeah, it's like, I, I think we all like get the messages out there, like it's not about being perfect. It's, it's about not being silent. It's about participating, blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's just not going to be a clean conversation. We can even wrap up in a couple hours, but I just wanted to kind of like chat about like what's going on. Oh yeah. And also crediting.
1: So I, I don't know if that's like, because I'm in this space because, yeah. you know, I, it was, um, I worked in every mom Instagram and, and I've just seen, I've seen it happen to influencers. It, it's a, I think it's a huge issue. I mean, the whole, one of the, there's so many issues in the Instagram social space, yeah. you know, influencer space, but like is, is people not taking it seriously and people not understanding how that, um, can like bleed into other things. And I think that like with, with a lack of representation, people not caring because they're like, it's Instagram. Like let's, right. let's solve the bigger problems. And it's like, no, it's a 50 billion industry that right. black people are being left out of. And like, that's a problem. Like that is a problem. And that is like systemic, like this is not an old, this is not a bank. This is not, you know, JP Morgan that has like, Oh, you know, not, not valid, but they're leaning on like years of like, Oh, we're trying to change years of like this culture and this and that, right. like there's no culture here. Right. Like it's, it's 10 years old. The culture is <laughs> You're right. racism is still prevalent. Right. Like that's, that's what it is. And, and it shows and it, companies aren't working with black influencers and companies aren't like taking them seriously. And I think that, um, in all of this, like it comes down to like Instagram, not being taken seriously, but also like, there's so many artists and, and otherwise, you know, not artists and smart people and, and whatever sharing their work on Instagram, um, that aren't being credited correctly. And it's like, it's an issue because it's like people don't take it seriously and like right it's hard it's hard to have the conversation it's hard to my husband uh, you know is a creative director and it's like even hard to have the conversation with him sometimes you know because it's like kind of like this haha like it's instagram it's instagram it's relax recreation
0: for everybody exactly else. and I, <laughs> I
1: think that's totally. why I listen to your podcast because I'm like you know having these very very you know that that meme no, where the guy's matters. like has like all these like you know the pictures and all the it's like he's solving a murder and like that's how I feel like very passionate right like a beautiful mind people are like okay (laughs) (laughs) okay never mind no it does matter and it does matter but like with in the last week people there have been so many incredible black artists sharing their artwork sharing their graphics sharing their words um and not even just artists just like normal people saying these like profound things and that shouldn't be profound, but they are in the the way they speak and people not understanding that if you take those words and you put them into a graphic, right. And that graphic goes viral because it's like cute. Right. And you're a white woman and you are profiting off that, which you will, because if it goes viral, someone is going to reach out to you to get more work. And like, maybe if you had credited that person, Some magazine would have reached out to them to like give them an opportunity because they're like, gosh, like who said this? This is incredible. This girl, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's the issue people don't understand. Like, it's bigger than just Instagram. You've got to credit people's work and you have to credit it in the artwork. So if you're quoting someone that goes in the graphic and in the caption and they get a tag, it's a threefold thing, (laughs) you know, like all three. If you're reposting someone's picture, you tag them and you credit them in the caption. And if someone else reposts it and tags you, you comment on that photo and say, please recredit to so-and-so. Like, it's not a joke, and it's not, like, you have to credit correctly. And I I, I always say, like, our generation, like, let's not pretend like we didn't grow up with libraries and we didn't have to do, like, the Dewey Decimal Full System. Full-on bibliography Full-on bibliographies. We were not allowed to use Wikipedia. You know what I mean? Like, You're we were so not right. allowed, you know, and it's like all of a sudden, everyone pretends like they don't understand, like, what it is to credit something. And it's like, what are you go credit people's work properly. And it's outrageous to me that it doesn't happen. And even big companies do it. They take work and then they credit in the comments. Knowing people are on Instagram are lazy. They're going to take a screenshot. They're going to repost. They're going to credit it to whoever or they're going to post it to their story and it'll be credited to you. You have to credit people properly. You have to credit them in the actual work so that they get the credit when it goes viral. And I had an issue yesterday where I commented this on someone's post and she was like, you're absolutely right. I should have done this. And I was like, great, take it down. And she wouldn't because her post had gone viral. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of it, you know, she has all these posts about black lives matter and this and that, and all of these equality posts, but all of a sudden you go from 250 to 27,000 likes and you don't want to kill your engagement. I know, I know what you're doing. I understand the algorithm. I understand the back end. Like, I understand that companies have probably reached out to you to do some artwork for them. Like it's not cool. That's where you have to humble yourself. And that's where you have to say, like it's more important to like, I wouldn't have had this artwork go viral if these words weren't impactful. It's not yours. It's not yours. And like, I'm also like, you didn't even reach out to this girl. Like I, to, to, to get permission, which is another issue, but like, that's not even the worst thing ever. Right. Like if it's like a tweet, I understand a little bit, you should reach out. But OK, if you didn't and you credited her and she went viral, like at least like she's getting the credit, but like right. credit people for their work properly. Like it's just not that hard. It's a tag. Oh. You don't have to do MLA format.
0: It's um, I'm when we were talking yesterday, I was so glad you brought this up because. This it's a function too of like it's not just tagging the conscious
1: kid. Mm-hmm. It's tagging the artist that the conscious kid correct. tagged. Correct. And that's it's it takes two seconds. It takes two seconds. Go figure like double check the caption at the end. Most responsible accounts will be like tagging the correct person at the end and tag that person. You know, like don't just tag from where wherever it's from.
0: I would even take that a step further. And whenever I've like a big part of growing a small handmade business is sending people free product. But I was never in a position to like willy nilly send people shit and like mm-hmm. you know, so if people would specifically ask for something, I would say okay, but I need to be mentioned within the first sixty characters. I don't yeah. don't tag me
1: below more. Yeah, no, that's so I need true. to be in the first. That's like, really smart.
0: And I think those are the things that need to draw attention to a who did the work, b who the voices we want to be elevating. Period. But c you unless. I can't elaborate enough how much like this hurt me as a small business owner. I can't imagine as a black creator who's been screaming into the abyss forever, whose words are now being leveraged, used, repeated, and who's still not getting fucking credit. Yeah, it's crazy. It incenses me and the opportunities that come, my entire career is built off of um, images of my mats posted from like Betches, Cosmo, HuffPost, Glamour. Yeah and a lot of those didn't do it the first time i had to find the right people be like i'm a small business owner and all you're doing is making a bunch of people rip me off yeah and a huge part of my copying issue and my intellectual property infringement was because of non taggers
1: yeah no absolutely and it's like it's a people don't understand like it's not a joke it's a huge yeah. issue and it's like things go like don't you can't just steal content on instagram it's not okay and if you see other people doing it or see people that are not artists or not like designers or whatever it is, posting something that is not, you know, that looks like it's done by a designer and they haven't credited it, call them out. Say like, who did this? Like, like it's, it leads to Instagram can lead to so much work. Like I've, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's a huge, it's a huge platform. Like it can lead to so much money. There's so much money to be made there. And I think it's so unfair for, for people to not credit correctly.
0: And if I post it, one of my followers says via be there in five. And I'm like, no, but I
1: don't right, tag right, the person right.
0: who's you saw it share <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Be-
1: and you can say like, via be there in five by so and so if you really want to like get crazy get and then, like deep into <laughs> it. Do five tags. But like yes, credit the person where it came from, not like the person you stole it from.
0: A hundred percent might be. And I'm like those are the things like the oversights, that, like I agree with so wholeheartedly that I wasn't thinking about. Um so one of the things when, um, Jesse and I talked yesterday it was kind of about like influencer lifestyle, fashion, beauty, and just like ongoing, um, interactions you have, whether it's influencers or with your like day-to-day life, kind of some of like small nuances that are important to be aware of and mm-hmm. how you speak to people. And I, for like a small example would be like, I've noticed instead of saying I'm wearing an extra small, you say I, it runs true to size. Yeah instead of saying, I am an extra small, you say, I take an extra small. There's small, um, like syntax in body, the body positivity movement that I've been privy to from like grace and uh, Katie Storino and people I've learned from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you were talking about in following bloggers and influencers, some like changes to be made in like everyday language communication. And that's helpful to be more inclusive. Yeah.
1: I think that, um, one of the things I've realize like in in, again this like makes the conversation just so much bigger and it's like people that are like oh I'm well-meaning it's like totally but like you you're you're not aware and you're not speaking through a lens of like inclusivity you're speaking through like your own you know right um and you're probably not getting called out about it because you have so many followers that are just like you're right because like you're not inclusive and so like people maybe don't follow you because of that um whether you realize it or not I'm not again um and so I think that like one of the huge things that, um, I've seen and I've seen it from, you know, smaller bloggers all the way through like big corporate companies is this like talk about hair and hair being disgusting and like, Oh my God, I haven't washed my hair in two days and it's filthy and it smells disgusting. And like, can you, can you imagine not washing your hair in two days? And like, (laughs) I'm sure this will be news to everyone. And like, again, this is like also just this lack of understanding and lack of like awareness of like black culture and like what happens like most black people do not wash their hair on a daily basis or even like every other day it's like a weekly thing if that if even that long so it's like and it's not about it has nothing to do with being disgusting and it's like also something that's been then it's been put on us and it's like awful because it's like if I wash my hair every day, it would be brittle and it would fall out because it wouldn't be moisturized. Like it's just like the texture of my hair. It's how it works. And like black hair is very complicated and has a lot of different, you know, a a million different. Probably like issues in the way people are addressing it, but like Mm -hmm. that's a huge one that I've noticed among like influencer cultures, like people talking about like how disgusting their hair is because they haven't washed it in two days. And then like I've seen I don't know who it is. I won't call anyone out because I can't remember who it was, but like, who's the girl, Lucy, Lucy tries. She's, she has all these viral videos. It, I think it's refinery 21 living with Lucy or something. She does okay. like a little series. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a big following now from it. Anyway, she like was like living with Lucy. I'm not going to wash my hair. I think it was like for four days or something. It was like a whole, like, spectacle because she didn't wash her hair for you know what I mean it's just it's like, like
0: and a lot of memes are like I'm made of tacos and dry shampoo yeah it's and it's <laughs> like this
1: whole thing where I'm like okay well like let's not make that something that's disgusting because that like is so shame you know what I mean like it becomes like totally. something that's so shameful and it's like I don't I wash my hair once a week because I can't wash it more or it would fall out like it would it would be so unhealthy like and it like that I shouldn't have to explain that you know and it's like just really being aware of how you're speaking about things. I think another thing is, I think the body positivity movement, while it's been incredible, right? It's also kind of been one of these things that is like, and we're not going to talk about how that's like also related to black people, you know, like, and we're not going to talk about how that also like relates to like genetics and like most black, you know I mean? It's like, just like, obviously to me, it's like, obviously at least, like it has a lot of like, things intertwined with, you know, white girls seen as thin and and naturally being thin and that being, like, so praised for so long. And, like, right. many – and, again, this is not overarching and this is not, like, 100%, but many black people are built curvier. And, like, that also isn't seen as a bad thing in, in, in like – black culture and i think that all of a sudden it's not seen as a black is a bad thing anywhere right it's like all of a sudden body positivity but it's like hold on like you guys have been shaming us for years for this you know what i mean you've been shaming us but i still see it happening and yes it's like people are being called called out for body positive you know like oh like don't shame but it's like also you know, I see like white influencers being like, my thighs are so big or like, you know, this and that. It's like, oh, I've been eating horribly. I've been really like off the wagon. Right. It's like, oh my God, you guys, my butt is huge. But it's like, no, it's not. And it's like, just, you know, and I think that there's always a way to talk about something. I'm not saying that like anyone, if you want to lose weight, if you want to do whatever, like that's your prerogative, right? But like talking about things in a way that's sensitive and understanding that like, you have like a vast audience and yes, that is for everyone because there are, I know plenty of white girls that also are not built like very, very, very like slim and narrow and, you know, like twigs. But like at the same time, it's, it is like genetically like many people of color, many black people are built like in a curvier way. And it's just not okay to talk, you know, to speak like that, like and, and say things and be like, I have a huge button. I'm these shorts are size 25. What? Right. Like, it's you know, up, like, yeah. what are you right. talking about? Like, it's, you know, it's like, oh, what? You know, it's it's, it's the shame is like intertwined in there. It's like, ooh. Right. I, I think that, yeah. And to
0: what we, I mean, we keep saying it, but like the intersectionality of a lot of these issues is interesting and important to explore. Like even myself, like how much, I care about, like, women's issues, feminism. Mm-hmm. White feminism is so different. Totally. There is a mm-hmm. huge disparity huge. between white women and women of color. And even, you know, the wage gap, like, the things we're, yeah. like, trying to combat, it's like, yeah, but there's tears of this. And, like, totally. by ignoring those, you're not working toward the broader cause. Absolutely. That's the shit I have to check myself on. And, with this, and this is, like, the lamest thing to say ever as it relates to body positivity. But, like, I can't help where things click for me and when i was reading jessica simpson's memoir uh-huh. um i still <laughs> <laughs> <So lame. laughs> I just i had respect for her because she wore these mom jeans to a chili cook off in tw- like 2009 yeah. that were high waisted she was blasted on every magazine for being overweight mm-hmm. in the book she was like i was a size 26 yeah and she had the foresight in 2009, which is, we all know was a very different world mm-hmm. to say, if I go out and defend myself saying I'm a 26, 27 size jean, that's going to send the message to every woman who's not right. that they are the things these headlines are saying. Totally. And she made an active choice to not defend herself, to not say how her size, to just like yeah. own it and turn it around. And I was like, fuck that. It was like a moment of respect I had for her in a different way of being like, this is how we should have always looked at body positivity Absolutely. and how we need to separate self-deprecating humor.
1: My sister actually wrote an article for The every girl about this, oh, um, but, but also it's been like a conversation we've had for a long time. It's like influencers do not share your goddamn weight, period, point blank. No one needs to know it. It's not helpful. Don't do it. I don't care if people ask for it. It's irrelevant. Weight is irrelevant. It is so different. If you ask 10 of your friends, like what their actual weight is, like you will be shocked. I'm sure like it, it's irrelevant. And it, it it, like, because the other thing that is such, so problematic about that is like all of these people saying like, I'm curvy. I'm this. And you actually, yeah, that's I mean, like it's toxic, but you start to believe, I think too. And then you're right. like, okay, they do look kind of like curvy in that picture that, and then they're like, I'm 124 pounds. And I'm like, and Who that's is so I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> Trust <laughs> because me. Because I know plenty Red, of people Rent the like runway it. has ruined Small. my perception no. of body no. image. Oh my god, the Rent the Runway review. <laughs> I'm like, oh what? God. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. Oh, we could do it. literally, that's a whole episode. I could that's deep a whole, dive on Rent the Runway. Oh my God. Like that's a show showstopper. Whole. <laughs> so many compliments. I I yeah, i anyway, <laughs> I I can't even go there because <laughs> yes. yes, it's, it's, it, but it's like, stop sharing your weight. We don't need to know. You're all 120 pounds somehow, which, like, I don't know anyone that's, I, I know one person, my friend, and she's like five feet and like just, yeah, they're like
0: flyers and like right. the college cheerleading. I'm like they're right. tiny. That's right, like these tiny people. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's
1: just shocking, you know, I and mean? it's, it's like every anyway, it just yeah. it's like it. Just, but it's like one of these things where I just think it's so triggering and also so triggering for people who have struggled with any sort of eating disorders or disordered eating or right. like things, you know, it's like and and maybe they see themselves in you, but then like all of a sudden you say your weight, you know, and they're like, Oh, we're kinda like we have similar body types, and then you say your weight and you're like, Hold on. Like Right we don't have similar body types. I'm 30 pounds heavier than you. What are you talking about? You know, like it's, it's, it's really crazy.
0: Well, and that kind of, I was going to ask you another like question of the about that, um, in terms of, well, I have a lot of thoughts about like, uh, postpartum blogging and (laughs) we don't have to get into that but you sent me a How much po- longer do you have? <laughs> I know. Um, I just like, Oh,
1: Oh, oh! yes. I, you I know sent me
0: a post that, and this is something I've been learning about kind of speaking to, okay, like, yeah, let's all acknowledge our implicit biases, but like, also let's talk about healthcare. Let's talk about housing. Let's talk about yes, schools. Let's totally. talk about all these things. Yes. And you brought something to my attention about healthcare as it relates to, um, maternity. Mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I have a son that's, I joked my husband that like we stopped counting as soon as COVID started. I don't know. He's like something. He months. was born November twenty eighteen, November sixteenth. <laughs> That's the other thing. My mom can rattle off like all. She has five kids, and she can rattle off her birthdays in two seconds. And I'm always like, November two years ago. Time <laughs> runs together. I'm like the worst mom. You're not the worst. I mom. know. I'm not. I'm not. I say that jokingly, it's like, what, eight but like I'm like something ish. Something-ish. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's he's like one and a half ish. Yeah, one and a half, a little oh, over born one in and
0: 2018, not 2019,
1: 2018. Yeah. OK, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And so anyway, I I was pregnant at the same time as I, I felt like I, and I don't know if it was just like something I started to notice, but like I feel like as soon as I was pregnant, like. 40 other people I knew on my feed were pregnant. And maybe that's also because I was following people that were kind of like. like paying more attention. Yeah, but like, but also like were in my trajectory of life, right? So like I was interested or yeah. And so all of these bloggers, like it was kind of, it became this kind of this thing to be like, and no, of course I don't have a birth plan. Like get an epidural, chill. Like I trust doctors. I trust my doctors. It's not a, like NBD. And I'm like, if you know me, like I'm not like an anal person. I'm not like one of those people who like always has like, my calendar color coordinate. I'm like so far from that. Like, you always say your type B personality. I'm like, girl, me too. Like, Like, yeah, the bullet
0: journal full meal planning. Right. Like I'm a hundred
1: percent like, you know, solid 3.0. I think, (laughs) you know, like a,
0: Right, like type B, also B student. Like, right, I'm absolutely. Cool. Like, I'm <laughs> totally
1: cool. Like C's get degrees type of thing. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, was... This is also why
0: we've both switched jobs a lot because we don't need to be good at everything. Exactly.
1: I'm like, cool, got it. Got everything I hear. This like, is helping my thesis about <laughs> that. Anyway, no, yes, absolutely. I I'm like, cool. Okay. Like, I'm not, you know, I, like, but anyway, I think that there was always this like, I'm so breezy. I don't have a birth plan. Like, I trust doctors. I'm not an anti vaxxer. And I'm like, Dude, totally 100% me too. But like, I didn't have the choice to not have any sort of plan going in because black women, regardless of socioeconomic status, are like three times more likely to die in childbirth. Serena Williams talked about it in her documentary. She's talked about it extensively. Like, if Serena Williams almost died giving birth because of like racism, then you know it's a fucking issue, right? Like, and like it yeah. shouldn't have to be Serena Williams to tell us that it's no. an issue for it to be an issue, but like that's the thing. it's like it has nothing to do with like, you know, I think that a lot of people like kind of write it off without looking more into it, like, oh, like it must be insurance, it must be like, which also is an issue, right? like, which is a product of systemic racism, which is like poverty and all these things. like no, it's actually across the board, it's racism, and it's like racism in the medical community, right and like people not believing that black people feel pain as much, which is insane um and not believing like black women when they're say they say they're in pain or like when they say something is wrong and so like i got a doula specifically for that which like i love like hippy dippy shit to a certain extent i also love like modern medicine you know like i'm absolutely not like anyway it's it seems to be like this rampant thing where so many people are like i trust doctors So no, I don't have a birth plan and I'm just going to go with the flow. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, like that's like serious privilege to be able to go with the flow and like, don't speak about it as if it's just like, and again, I know people aren't doing this on purpose, but it's like flipping. It's like,
0: no, it's, that's why it's so important to call out though, because like that was not on my radar. And then you said that I was like, wait, I need. And I, I was looking for a stat on my computer. Forty six percent of maternal deaths of black women are preventable.
1: Yeah. Forty six. Per- it's like on are you par kidding? with like countries that are like are, are face serious poverty. Like like it's 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 insane. It's insane that if you like actually anyone who's injured, like I, I implore you to look into this because it is one of these things that is like will turn your stomach because it is if you have any questions about like systemic racism, I hope it's systemic at this point because I, said it it's, so I,
0: many I, times. I think I've cleared it. It's okay. systemic.
1: Okay. <laughs> if you have any questions about like systemic racism, and not like go read these articles, go read like it's it's insane. But it's yes, mom blogging and all of that. It's like there are so many issues with it in Where general. Just
0: really, don't even recognize their laissez-faire yes. nature is a privilege in and of itself totally. but they almost think there there's a contrarian element yes. to being like I'm not picky yes. I don't have a plan like these moms that are doing water bursts in their house or like all this shit it's yeah because like, you yeah you trust the medical system but when you see stats like that like yeah, why I, mean, was I, I, I aware I told my of business that?
1: partner the other day and she was just like no it's truly that again like that was one of those moments where my mouth dropped because I was like this can't, and I' right. learned about it very quickly, and like all you know, all my friends know about it. all my black friends are like well aware and are scared about it, like, you know, and the no. one last thing is we talked about uh, yesterday, the black Square thing, and how that got kind of, yeah, twisted and this and that. And, um, I talked to a couple of my friends about this. I posted Black Square myself, yeah, and like I water think water that water. um one of the things that I thought was interesting is like. I think that when you're doing anything on social media, like make sure you know why you're doing it. <laughs> um, I think that that's one of the things I've seen. Like people are doing things because other people are doing this, this, and that. Like I think like the the black square thing, I think got like very, very confused. But also, uh, and and uh, anyway, make sure you know why you're doing something. And like even if that's not like, like because people are like, oh, people are telling me to take down the black square. Should I? And I'm like, I don't know. Why did you post it in the first place? Like, what is your thought behind that? You know what I mean? Like, I posted it like to also, I, in my opinion, it was like get off Instagram and go do something proactive. Go donate. Go Go make calls. Like, to me, it like blacked out Instagram so you can sit mindlessly on your feed, right? And and you could go do something actively in the world. And not to say that like there aren't amazing things happening on social media, but I do think that there's also like. A lot of passive activism or i don't know if that's the right word but like happening on social media and so i think that in my opinion it was like go do something go do something actively it was like a moment of silence stop posting con- other content you know that's unrelated to this because this is more important than anything um and also like take a moment and like give black people and black voices the platform that they deserve right now um and I admit that maybe you know I, that I was wrong on that, too, because I didn't know that where it came from, and this also goes back to crediting and not crediting people properly. But, um, I think that one of the things i I talked to one of my friends about was like following like black thought leaders and and people that so that so that you don't get like lost lost in the sauce <laughs> that's like yeah. you know what I mean, like lost in the like oh, okay, everyone else is doing this like why? why are you doing things?. Uh, oh, It's so cute.
0: it's so he just doesn't get that we're not the only people that live here. Like Uh, he's never registered. Really rude though. I guess my interpretation of it's like obviously the crediting like the point was the show must be paused. It was two black women in the music industry, right? And it got completely misconstrued. Like, do you support black people or not? And then it wasn't about like blacking out the feed, it wasn't about lifting.
1: Right, you had no idea, like why they were doing it. They were like, I don't know. I think solidarity, like you know, what I mean? like is that what it's called? Right. Like it just became this thing, like of like mm-hmm. right, you know, like and it's like someone told me, like I had a lot of people that were, like DMing me, like someone told me to take down my black square. Should I? And I'm like, again, like <laughs> I'm like, why'd you post it? Like, what are you? What, what were you like? Truly, what it, were you like? What right? You know, and so I think that just like know why why you're doing anything, but also like. I think that that is like a specific thing where like not being things, not being credited, like it got so far away from like what right. it was originally supposed to be. And that's because like, again, like not enough credit is given to black voices. And so it's like, if you're truly invested in this, like follow prominent black people, you know what I mean? And then like, and make sure that you're like listening to like what they have to say and and following their message and like following i don't know really following along and like listening i hate this everyone's like i'm quiet and listening i'm quiet listening I'm like,
0: and learning listening and learning okay but also like
1: <laughs> learn and speak Yeah,
0: talk <laughs> i'm with you well th- no i think that well because i actually didn't post one because when i first heard about it i like st- turned off comments in my facebook group i was like yeah let's take a day but you know, I follow Rachel Cargill and Rachel mm-hmm. Ricketts and Brittany Cunningham and these women that kind of made me be like, wait, am I doing this because I'm seeing all these other black squares? Right. And it, it made me pause, think about intent. And like, that's kind of the point, right? It's like right. not right or wrong. It's like, what's your intent?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's not, that's not overarching because right. like sometimes he, this, what we've talked about, right? It's like intentions are not always, do not always sink right. your ass. Right. But like, Yes. It, 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 at some point you should have some sort of intent. So like you can explain, even if you are wrong, like where you were coming from, why you did something, not just like cause, cause Jackie did it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jackie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, it kind of is an interesting thing. I always come back to when I'm trying to like reason or um, give some sort of uh, actionable takeaway. It kind of comes down to like be less be a person that acknowledges your influence, but less of an influencer and more of a human. Yeah. And who you are as a human, yes. I actually want to show through because if you're a shitty one, I'm good. Exactly. Or we can have a conversation and I can gauge it. But it's like for me to fight for people to make themselves look good is, is not the point. Totally. I want people to be exactly who Absolutely. they are. I think
1: I, the, the comments I've loved most in the past week or so is people like humbling themselves and like copying to their, Stuff and like not people who are like <laughs> I've seen so many bad ones. There are just so many bad ones. Uh, uh, but like people who are like. This is an issue like that, like people who are like, damn, I'm realizing how much I fucked up, you know, like that's where yeah. I'm like, thank you. Not people who are like, I have black friends and I've known about this long before you It's like, OK, well, then why haven't you posted anything about it till now? Like, right. oh, OK, but like, but what you don't know I mean like you don't get to the, all of a sudden like it's it's just weird it's like no like cop to your shit like you do your you know and and it's it's just weird when people are like not able to look at themselves and be like I mean even you honestly like to be like I am like so embarrassed of like not had a black person on this podcast like no it's insane but that's like I appreciate that so much more than you being like It's just difficult to, you know, it's not in the space like to find black talent. Like, you're just like, fuck. I like that's like, I have zero excuse that I'm just like, you don't, you don't.
0: No, (laughs) you have no excuse.
1: And guess what? Like, now you know, and you're going forward, like, now you have one. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's why you're here. Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) no, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, I much rather this like honest conversation of you being able to be like, cool, and like, take the heat for it, right? And be like, You're right. Like I I have zero excuse and like go forward and like be better rather than I think it's just I don't like the excuses. I don't like the like, "Mm -hmm, but I have a black friend and like it's no, like, yeah, take the heat. Like that's your job right now. Like is to sit back, take the heat, learn something, speak on it.
0: Yeah. My God. Yeah.
1: Stopping. It's such a damn loss for words. Everyone's (laughs) I know you can write four hundred thousand words about a pair of jeans but you can't write anything right like why do i know the
0: details of your like like the biggest joke in the book is a skincare routine right right the detail (laughs) it's 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 like wild how we we know the ins and outs of everybody's uh routines and conspicuous consumption but nothing about like their heart or mind right like what do you care about like what do you actually
1: it's yeah it's a it's a broader i like the human part of it too with all of this it's like people are like I don't know what to say. Like, okay, then show up perfectly and be, be able to take some criticism if you fuck it up. But also like, I think the thing I've been saying is like, show up perfectly. Don't show up like an idiot. Like do your research, read something before you post. You show
0: like, up prepared. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like don't, don't, I mean, no, you don't get to just show up like, yeah, again, like from the same lens that you did two weeks ago, if you knew absolutely nothing, read something. That doesn't mean you have to read every single book ever written on black history that like, yeah, like, there are people out there right now that are sharing a lot of good information that is essentially a spark notes version, like that you can hopefully learn enough to like craft some sort of intelligent statement about all of this or like opinion. Right. And yeah, it's like, it's not about, you know, this damned if you do damned, if you don't No, you are damned if you do show up like, and didn't read anything and didn't change a damn thing about what you're doing, but like read something, show up, you might get something wrong. Keep showing up. You don't get like the privilege of never being criticized. It's just right. It is what it is. Right. You're 400 years late to the conversation. Welcome. Mm-hmm. But like, if you've got some things to learn, then you've got some things to learn.
0: Absolutely. Um, no. And I think that's like the perfect note to wrap it up on, because that's what I've uh, been trying to both cop to and improve, improve upon on the podcast. It's like I'll wax poetic for a hot minute then let's just hit the ground running. (laughs) I'm not going to like, I don't want to like give you grand plans and like all this bullshit. It's like, let's just talk. Right. Um, But beyond that, I think uh, it's, I don't know. It's just, I can't like, it's, there's like no excuse. And I will forever be like racking my brain for like, just even the perception of like this, my entire life has been a fucking home game. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I have, I've always had home team advantage. I've never been, I, I just like think, and I don't even play sports, but I was just like thinking about this that's earlier today. I, never thought about that I was just kind of like, you just, if I've never, if you've never been anywhere else, it's okay that you didn't notice. But once you've noticed, you cannot go back. Right, right. And that's what I don't want anybody that listens to this to do. I have like beyond I have all the work to do in the world. And I'm far from exempt from any of, uh my neglect in the past but i'm so like grateful for you just even chatting and i know even you being like not wanting to say or do you're you're like so thoughtful and cautious with your words and i'm it's just funny because your your most extreme thing you said is like don't even think for a second but beyond that you're just like kind of even have this discourse with me because i i talk to myself a lot <laughs> and i think i've realized that's a problem like there's nobody like talk- I need to, to have these conversations, and and I'm grateful for you even giving me the grace to be like uh, worthy of chatting. But yeah,
1: I hope that anything like, and and no, I'm not like I I feel like I'm like on both sides. I'm like no, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know. But but like I really like what I don't want to do in any of this is ostracize anything anyone. I think that like there's like you know some old thing about like the last time to plant a tree was ten years ago, like. The second best time is now. It's like I feel the same way. The best time to be like anti-racist was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. Like, yeah. I don't want to like cancel anyone that wants to not be racist or that wants to learn. Um, and and I don't I personally don't think that's the right thing. I think people are sometimes like, you had time. And I'm like, I, I also understand why they're angry because like yeah. you didn't have time. It's true. Right. Um, but at the same time, like I also want people to just like take a second and like understand that like yeah you might get some backlash and you might be like you kind of got to sit with it right like you kind of got to, but like also I don't know you might fuck up but like you got to keep going like we've been doing this for years and like and when I say we I probably shouldn't even 100% include myself because there are people that been fighting much harder than myself right for years and um it's just not something where you can like come in and just like even though I think white people for years have gotten a seat at the table immediately. Right. Like you don't just get like a seat that you get to like learn and you have to learn it and you have to be like a student and like, you will always be somewhat of a student because you're not living it. But um, I, I don't, I'm not here. Even if I said like things flippantly and like jokingly, it's, it's hard because it's like a, you know, we're talking as, as friends. As friends, and, and it's right. on. Yeah. And, I, and I know you like you do this on the podcast all the time. And you're like, and I'm not saying this in Like, that's what I don't want. Like, I'm just like, God damn, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm not. I don't mean that. Like, it's right? Like, I say that um, somewhat lightheartedly, but also like,
0: what's wrong with you? you, know wrong
1: with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, as my yeah. dad always says, if I said anything to offend you, I meant it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I actually,
0: mean. I think that's a better way to exist. So uh someday, but anyway, I'll let you go. Um, where can people find you?
1: I am Jesse B. Bernhardt, B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. Um,
0: but and then what's your Instagram handle? Jesse B. Bernhardt. Jesse That's B. Oh, say. at yeah. Jesse B. Bernhardt. At
1: Jesse B. Bernhardt, yes.
0: And do you have a blog or anything you want to point people to
1: yeah my blog is jesse barnes bernhardt that i'm bad at keeping up with i
0: i know but i read it and i like it oh thank you that's
1: so kind i it's like one of those things that every day and like this is why it's funny like you know i'll meet like another blogger or something and i'll be like i'm sort of a blogger but like i I have so much respect for the industry and how much work it takes and like also like seeing like behind the scenes of like every girl and and which is you know essentially an online magazine it's it's a blog but right you know um, and it's just like funny because I'm like, so hesitant to call myself like a blogger and like, or like a content creator or whatever it is, because I feel like I'm like so inconsistent. I'm trying to be better, but obviously it was like 2020 is my year. And then 2020 like blew up. And I was like, well, maybe 2021 is my year. What
0: a hilarious, like, fuck you. It would be to be like 2020 was the best. <laughs>
1: I had a great year.
0: (laughs) Like nobody can say that. Okay. Well, I will let you go. You were the best. Um, (laughs) We know where to find you. Thank you for hanging out with me. Hopefully again soon. Yes. And um, we will, we'll see, well, she's in the Facebook group. You'll find her on Instagram. We'll chat again sometime soon. If you have any follow-ups, let us know. Reach out to either of us. And thanks for joining us for a friend's chat that was recorded. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Bye. Bye.